everybody, welcome to the episode of the Collective Podcast. Um, today we got Darren Yao on. He's um, another Australian-based creative. He does concept art, illustration, art direction, um, the gambit, basically. Um, he's an entrepreneur. He's he's, uh, he's he's run a studio. He's also um, self-taught, and he started out with actually getting a, a computer science and business degree. And then, uh, like I said, uh, he became self-taught. Um, just because he loves art and um, found himself working in the game industry um, 2005 right uh, yeah yeah um, yeah it was quite a while ago now like it doesn't seem that long ago but when you um, yeah look at the year it's yeah it's a fair bit of time has passed um, yeah because it's yeah. time flies yeah so yeah yeah definitely thanks for thanks for introducing me as well Ash um, yeah just, of course yeah, man. Hello, hello to everyone out there um, yeah nice hello. to be on the show <laughs> yeah dude no thanks man and, and um I, what had happened is uh um i had met this really great person when i was out in germany uh ben ben last and his and his uh his chick rachel great people and um we got a chance to hang out and so i made f- friends with him and and i think i think ben had mentioned me to darren and, and so we became friends on facebook and then you know one thing leads to another and we have some cool conversations and then i figured he was he was dropping a lot of really interesting cool um knowledge and just had a really interesting way about what he was talking about so i figured it'd be really awesome for everybody to hear his journey his path what he's doing right now and and all these you know trials and tribulations and stuff so i figured you know this is a great way for us to express ourselves and before the talk we were talking a bit about like how much the industry itself has changed since when we first started and um the accessibility to artists and and the creatives and and getting to the source of things and it's it's really cool it's powerful and it's it's cool to be a part of it and it's been really great to um try and at least help people i guess if that's what i consider it but yeah man thanks you thank you for coming on man and there's so much to talk about so and also the most importantly too easy just him and his wife and him and his wife just had their uh, first child right (laughs) yeah 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 absolutely um i think he's almost six months old now so yeah it's been it's been amazing i mean you've got your own little girl as well yeah yeah uh, yeah it's a lot of work yeah but it's cool though i mean it's it's um yeah it's a challenge but it's it's good to have um yeah definitely gives your life a whole different meaning when you have somebody yeah. depending on it so oh i definitely agree with that like um, <laughs> i remember when um yeah when he was born i mean i'm not the type of person uh well i, I didn't think i was where because I mean, my, my my wife Kelly, she's always wanted to be a, a mother. She's a very caring, uh, loving individual, and she's always you know it's 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 been been a big big life goal for her to become a mother. Um, so it's quite a natural thing for her. Whereas for myself, I guess not even three four years ago, I thought, uh, you know, I'm I'm probably going to be single for the rest of my life. I'm not, not going to have kids, um, <laughs> just because I you know I, I love my life uh, the way it was. And um, you know, it just takes one person to come along and change all that. Sure. Um, but I've never always wanted to be. You know, it hasn't been a life calling to become a father. But when my child was born, Jackson, um, just something in, inside of me definitely changed. It was like, wow, you know, <clears throat> um, I've got to help this little guy uh, through the through the world now, and it, it changed something like just immediately. Um, I'm not sure I can explain it in a way, but you know. 
I'm not sure if you felt the same thing when your yeah. daughter was born. But yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's definitely um, it changes your mindset and the way you look at the world. Um, but it's 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 great. It's it's a challenge, but that's cool, man. Did you did, are you close with your family? Do you have a close big family or not so much? Yeah. Or? Not so much, to be honest. Yeah. Um, like, uh, you know, I love my parents um, and my and my my sister. Um, uh, but I wouldn't say that we were especially close when I was when I was growing up. Um, my my family is quite, or my my parents were quite traditional. Uh, they were originally from uh, Singapore and and, um, uh, and and Malaysia. So, I mean, being a, a, a relatively creative kid, I'm not really sure exactly where that came from. But I always loved sketching and, and drawing. But my parents, I suppose they, they they've never really known much about the field i mean even now um you know the amount of times that i've sort of explained what i what i actually do i don't think they still quite understand what i what i do they, they kind of when they tell people what i do they say oh he's he's into graphics <laughs> like, oh, i'm not exactly into graphics that's <laughs> yeah. close enough so yeah yeah so and that's still, I, that's how it is still for you guys yeah uh, yeah in, in a lot of ways i mean they know i draw pictures and stuff like that but they, they kind of call it graphics um you seem to be successful at it because you're working and making you know taking care of your family so that must mean something yeah 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 definitely i mean um uh i mean i i, I make a decent uh, living at what i do um and i think you know one of the one of the big points for my parents was is he going to be able to support himself and because we don't know really any um uh, any 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 commercial artists i suppose they kind of look at the field uh, as outsiders and kind of don't see how it works yeah of course uh, yeah and, and, that, and that's totally understandable and, and being in the field myself i know how much of a hard slog it can be especially <laughs> when you start up you know i'm not sure if it was like that for yourself Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, it's I'm challenging. Sure yeah, um, but I can totally understand it now, being a parent, where it's like, well, you know, go into the field if you're gonna work your butt off. You know, don't go in there thinking it's gonna be a walk in the park, um, because it, it most definitely isn't. You know, you have to kind of. It's one of those jobs where it becomes a massive part of your life, and if you don't love it like that, and if you're not gonna work hard for it, it's, it's one of those things where you, I, I think it's really hard to succeed. Yeah, um, it's a very honest thing. Mm, we do. I mean, mm, with art, absolutely. you can tell instantly whether somebody's put the time in or not. Mm, um, you know, any, yeah, any, I mean, anybody can really see that. Not anybody's. There's a finite, but for mm, the most part, the general population can can say can look at a piece of art that you've done and say that looks like a face or that doesn't look like a face because you know mm, people don't have to be great artists to, to know whether somebody's trying to achieve something and succeeding at it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that subjection, and that gets into the fine art realm where it gets really sticky. But as mm. far as like you know, art for hire contract stuff, doing like yep. concept art and building worlds and characters, I mean, you got to understand so much. Um, it takes a ton of work just to be able to build the world up, and you know, it's a lot of investment. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Seem to be yeah, an Asian thing too. I think too, like um, you know, for generations that are coming from like. Um, like China or even Japan and stuff it's like um, it, because those cultures aren't based off of like in like in France like there's it's common to know that you can possibly make a career off of being an artist 
because mm-hmm. it's so dominant in their culture the the arts and the entertainment and is, is, is a very dominant thing and it's accepted to be an artist there but yep. for the asian yep. community it's not really it's like you know yeah, be, yeah. be an engineer yeah. or a doctor or something exactly. because yep. that's part of the, the the cultural makeup of the society you know so yeah which is not it's nothing wrong with it it's just difference you know it's just difference in age but that's one thing i've noticed <laughs> i grew up in hawaii and then i have a lot of friends like tons i don't i don't know if it's just the way maybe because i love anime and shit <laughs> i have a ton of like asian homies yeah and, uh, I, I don't know like a, from a lot of the things that i've read from you um it's quite there's almost this uh asian feel to the way that you that you think i think um i don't know how to explain it but there there, there, there definitely is some sort of influence there whether it's from anime or whether you've done more reading you know to say buddhism or any of that sort of stuff um there's a feel that yeah you know uh, i don't want to sound racist or anything but um yeah. you don't sound completely like um just a, a westerner who's being brought up completely in a western society you know you've gone into lots of different fields and cultures and the asianness does stand out to me a little bit yeah i think it's i traveled a lot as a, as a kid and, and traveling is really great it's important to have i didn't go i have never been over overseas um, I'm heading out to Manila um, in January, I think, which I'm excited about. But I think it's it's that, and and I'm fascinated by the culture. I, I think you know, um, Japanese culture is some probably is my favorite culture of all cultures yep. in the world. It's just one. It's something that I connect with, and yeah. so it's naturally, like I'm just drawn to it. Um, and then you know, like Chinese culture and and Buddhism and all. It's, it's so old, and it's got so. <laughs> if something um lasts that long there's something interesting working there whether it's good or bad and it's just fascinating to me and there's yeah. traits there's traits of religion i'm not religious dude but I, like i studied a lot in theology and all that kind of stuff yeah. in school because i'm fascinated by it and um yeah i don't yeah, know just, it's yeah i was gonna ask whether you are uh, religious because you do seem to have a spirituality um to a lot of this stuff as well uh and and i definitely noticed that so. yeah you as well man um but no, I mean, I don't subscribe to um, like any of these. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. I think I think mankind ruins religion. The message is sometimes, yep. you know, and it gets really disgusting when I see like what it becomes, um, people's interpretations and how they brutalize it and, and manipulate it. You know, when I think of like the character traits of, let's say, like Jesus Christ, it's just like to me sure there could have been a guy that was like that there's guys like gandhi you know like a good person with like a great soul that you know was willing to put himself aside to do something good rather than be an asshole of course that's (laughs) that's great why don't we all just do that instead of like trying to throw a book on somebody it's like why don't you just live a fulfilling good positive life and give to people that need it you know yeah no i totally i i think we're quite on the same page with that like um uh, I can't remember the exact quote, but, um, uh, but one of them would be, you know, like, you know, just because you go to church doesn't mean that you're, you know, a good person. Um, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, some some people need it like AA, you know, our, our Alcoholics Anonymous, they need that meeting, they need that 
they need that regiment that routine to get those things out or they love the routine of just enjoying church you know like i've been to church a couple times i didn't really enjoy it to be completely honest uh, I, th I felt like i was going to like a rental like a used car dealership and people were trying to sell me on some bullshit you know i was, I was like what the hell is this you know like yeah. maybe it's just um because i'm incredibly inquisitive and curious of everything and i question everything yeah, i just yeah. didn't i just can't subscribe to something that i just don't i can't get yeah. with you know well, yeah well i mean one of the one of the character traits i think of being um you know a commercial artist is definitely having that level of uh you know inquisitive nature and i sure. yeah i totally agree but my parents are um they're they're born again christians mm, and i okay. you know I, I fairly regularly go to that sort of thing i don't subscribe to that um i mean i don't really have that much use for organized religion to be perfectly honest mm. um but uh yeah i mean when i know what you mean when when you say a used car salesperson you go there <laughs> and things follow a certain structure and there's a certain tempo you know um you you it's like when, when the church service starts uh there are like these big uh you know poppy songs to kind of draw you in as this big fun community and then as it kind of progresses it gets to songs where they target the emotional heartstrings then they ask for money and it's like certain order it's disgusting it's like it that's it, disgusting man it, 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 you know <laughs> i don't want to be sound disrespectful like, yeah. Like, yeah um it's psychologically so yeah. gross man <laughs> yeah it's, it's just one thing that that's one thing that i, I just really can't get over and, and also you know if you spout hate about other people's religions or you know, um, I just remember seeing a pastor going up there um, and he was saying oh you know this religion is not a real religion because oh, of dude. Da, da, da. and I'm going geez you know and there's people nodding their heads and these people are relatively intelligent individuals oh. and I'm just like holy crap how could you be playing into this bullshit yeah well people yeah we want to feel we're a part of something right the worst thing you can have is when you feel isolated and alone it's why yeah. we're social creatures is why um it's why the system exists period so you know the society itself is based off of these simple internal human desires and needs not to be alone not to feel alone you know like it's like in jail like the worst thing you could do to a prisoner is not putting him in jail necessarily in prison it's putting him isolated away from everybody they when they yeah. when they isolate them that's the worst thing you could do to them because yeah. it, it, it completely it takes away all these important things that we need to get out which is exposure to other humans yeah. because we're not ourselves without the other kind of it's a very interesting thing you know and yeah, what's that point that you, oh sorry yeah keep going no sorry what were you saying i was going to say with this point that you just brought up how do you think because obviously when i'm not sure how long you've been in the industry for um how long have you been in the industry for um i've been doing the movie stuff um I think it's about four years now. I don't really keep okay, track of yeah. time too well, to be sure. completely honest. I don't pay yeah. attention to it. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. But no, I wish I had a. But I'm pretty sure it's it's like three and a half to four years, probably. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, but when I first, I suppose, started looking to get into, you know, um, into video games, because that's primarily where you know I spent most of my career in in video games and computer games. Uh, but when I first started looking into it, uh, I think it was nine years ago. Um, the internet was just kind of getting to the point of picking up, mm. but, um, 
there wasn't that level of community that I personally feel that we have these days on like, you know, Facebook and Twitter and all that sort of stuff. I suppose um, what I was going to ask was, uh, you know, how, how do you think uh, the internet has sort of changed the way that we interact and, you know, have that community with other, other artists, I guess? I think it's a good thing and a bad thing. Um, I love how you're doing a reversal in a podcast. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> nice job, dude. I'm I'm, key, I'm I'm hip to your game, sir. No, <laughs> no, I think it's great. I I think I was just talking about this with I had a, I had dinner with one of my best friends tonight, and it was great seeing him. And we were talking about the distractions that these things can cause you. He we were basically he was telling me a, about an artist that he he loved. Um, and he emailed him about five times in the course of like, I don't know, a couple of years or something. And it would just send like a note, a nice note to him to say like, hey, I really love your work and this is yep. great, blah, blah, blah. And, and the guy never got back to him once. And, and, and instead of being upset, my friend my friend uh, was, was, was happy. And he was saying like, what was the guy going to say? Like, you know, like, thanks or <laughs> cool. And, uh, and, and, um, and he was, and what my friend Nate was saying is that, uh, it felt that he was happy that this guy was just focusing on his work and doing mm-hmm. his work. And, and what I'm getting at here is that um, I find myself it's it's a two it's a two way street with these things. I think that you can easily use it to hide behind your insecurities. You can use it to disguise things. You can use it to distract yourself from getting work done. But you can also use it to connect and work and, and get. And, and collaborate with people so i think if the intentions and the usage is is healthy then i absolutely absolutely subscribe to it um i think it's great but if um but if you're using it for um bad things or like you know or like i said like distractions i think it can be very unhealthy so as far as like art is concerned i think that there's a lot of um artists myself included and newer artists or concept people or whatever designers what have you that use it beyond what it's meant for sometimes yeah, yeah. rather than going to draw and finding out the, the choices themselves they look towards the internet for the solutions and you just yeah. won't find it there you'll find it internally and yeah. you'll find like the thing that's been developed in this field of design and art is based off of human connections with themselves over long periods of time and you only get that result from that formula you just can't cheat it some guys do and they do a good job of it but those are con artists I don't really think that they're you know at the end of the day they're not gonna be the person to be remembered you know to me and my myself the way I look at somebody that's successful is based off of what they've done and how they've affected others, you know? So, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think, um, yeah, one of those things that you were saying as well, uh, uh, I tend to see a lot of art that's quite, I don't want to put it in a negative way, but um, derivative. Um, I don't know if you get that as well, but say if you, you know, go on the internet, there's, there's there tends to be trends um sure and because it seems almost it, it almost seems quite incestuous to me where you know one people one person or a lot of people will say oh this is cool artwork and then other people who want to create artwork and become popular will kind of emulate that style and then suddenly you've got a you know a, a horde of people who are doing very very similar things <laughs> yeah um, and it's like wow you know you guys there are there are, there are more than just that specific style or genre or, or whatever it is um and it's like, well, 
rather than kind of pulling um, from each other, you know, that, that specific inspiration from each other, go out into the world and go explore things and um, go see how other civilizations have worked. And I don't know, it, for me anyway, going to the source rather than looking at pre-processed stuff um, always produces much better work, I think. Sure, but the thing is, I think that people might have a struggle with um, to play devil's advocate to this one is that not everybody can afford to go and travel to Singapore or go. Oh no, yeah. But which, which, but I agree. I think um, once you understand the engineering of the world around you, um, you start to you can start pulling it apart, and then you can get those great things. And I think the trend you're talking about, and there's a lot of trends happening, but there's one where it's like like one of the guests that we had on and a friend of mine Aaron Aaron Beck where he's got the mech stuff that he's building and all the madness and the awesomeness of it and it was it was really important when I had him on to discuss the way he thinks because to me it's not necessarily the art it's about the mind it's the ideas yep. behind things and 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 I'm getting a chance to know him more and it's been awesome because he's got a fascinating love for so many cool things and I have a, a lot of connection with that, especially automotive because I love cars and so a lot of things come from that. And so when people see, it's like remixing, you know, like, and, and see, I don't want to sound mad or bad about it because I don't think it's necessarily bad. It's just what occurs, right? It's like when, it's like I look at it like a sun you know, a sun, a, tr a sun is the energy source of something. And then once it becomes big enough, it amasses other things and it creates its own solar system and so ha what have you, you know, or a massive planet. And it's, it's these things that create energy that have other people's attention and energy attract themselves to it. And I think that through people's efforts, people are attracted to that, whether it's you know, there's the quote unquote using just the general term cool. There's so many things that that means, you know, and so I think it's 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 a trend that's happening with a lot of things. And it's, you know, that happens all the time, you know, with everything, comics and paintings and, and and art and automotives and movies and films and animation. It's it's like what it happens, I think, is 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 a really smart intellectual person takes a risk turns of the world and says go fuck yourself and runs the other way and yep. and at first everybody goes ew gross i hate that <laughs> then they go oh shit the grass is greener over there you know yeah, uh, yeah and then everybody jumps on until the next person jumps and i feel like hollywood and the films and the film industry is in in this state uh, a bit in a bit of a lull and mm. and it's 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 due for its next big change you know it's but that's my opinion, you know, like take oh, or leave. Oh. There's there's still amazing things being made. There's still amazing creatives. There's still plenty of people taking risks every day, making amazing things. There's the thing is, there's a lot of more people on this planet now. There's a lot of people with access to these tools that are creating, yeah. whether that's good or bad. I think it's great. You know, Francis Ford Coppola said a really great quote at the end of, um, I think it was at the end of his documentary about, um, it's called The Heart of Darkness, which is a documentary of, um, making apocalypse now which is if you haven't seen it it's fucking phenomenal that's awesome yeah i think it's sort of longer now that, that 
that's a phenomenal movie and the making of it was pretty phenomenal. Oh my god, what a what one man will go through to the depths to get what he's desiring is just amazing. Yeah. It's so cool yeah. and so amazing. His wife is there to support him and watch him go basically mental. But the thing he said at the end of it was the most important thing that I took away from that. And it was interesting, his take on that was that, and it's happening, it's getting closer to it. But he was saying that from his basically, from his words that I can remember, he said, he said, it, you know, it's going to happen. What's going to be interesting about this is like some fat girl out in Tennessee is going to make like a, mo a movie on her home camera and it's going to be beautiful and that's, and it's going to become art. And he said, that's when it's going to become what it's supposed to be. It's not going to be like, you know, all these producers and productions and blah, 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 and all these things. It's going to be this. Yeah. And that's his viewpoint on it. Right. You know, and, no, uh, pretty and we're talking about movies. Movies are a whole different ball game of madness because you have so many people involved and it's a whole different thing compared to just like one artist creating a piece of work. But, yep, um, yep. but the idea that once it's, it has total abandon from itself. That's when it becomes art. And it's a very interesting psychological thought to me, mm -hmm. it is at least, you know, like that shit, like just gets me all pumped up thinking about it. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we, we live in a pretty, uh, exciting, you know, time to be honest. Um, it's a uh, viewpoint, just, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now we've got so many tools that are readily accessible as you were saying to um to each artist that, we can push into so many different directions and so much skill what we traditionally viewed as skill is now incorporated into a lot of the tools that we have so that the you know the creative can be uh, just focused on creating and um i think that frees us up you know frees us up a lot of a lot of time to go and kind of pursue lots of different areas like i mean for instance um you know, I'm getting into a bit of uh, video, uh, videography, learning a bit more about that sort of stuff. Um, but also like doing, uh, you know, just for client work as well, just doing 3D stuff to, to, um, to sort of expedite the process. And all these things are a lot less archaic than they used to be, um, from my opinion anyway. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, just the resources uh, out there to actually teach yourself stuff. It's just, it's just amazing. Um, you know, nine years ago, which is, which really isn't that long ago. It's a, it's um, a blink of a blink of a blink of a blink of yeah, an eye of our existence on this planet. Yeah. 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 And even that, you know, recently it was, it was still hard to try to, you know, try to teach yourself stuff. But now, you know, you've got like, you know, the Nomon um, uh, studios where you can you know, watch or download movies on how to do various things from on YouTube. digital stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> YouTube, you've got uh, all those you know, various places that you can sort of learn from. And it's just it's just really exciting, I think. Um, yeah. Just go out there and, you know, the other day I was using Premiere. I, I haven't really used that program much, but I was like, oh, how, how do I do this? And, uh, um, and, and I think I just jumped on YouTube and I found that within five minutes whereas before I'd have, I'd have to go you know go to Amazon go look for a book order it wait two weeks for it to come to me and now it's just instantaneous you can create so quickly almost at the speed of thought you know as it's as a cliche as that sounds no that's and that's exactly it and it's cool to hear because I I come from that same era too I've been doing like I've been using Photoshop I think since the first one and not oh, like wow. I was not like I was trying to be a professional or nothing. I was just like, yeah. I was just a kid in high school dicking around, yeah. you know. So, and yeah, I mean, dude, I have like looking at my shelf, I have these two books. I have Final Cut Pro Five book, 
After nice. Effects CS3 Professional, like how-to books. Mm. I never fucking opened those things, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and you anything, put up the shelf it, it, They do. My bookshelf <laughs> is fucking filled with shit. <laughs> but it's a, uh, it's it's um, what's I think what's happening is is especially um the guys at Nomen, super cool dudes too. Um, yeah. I, I got a chance to meet the dudes that run that. But the cool, the the smart thing that they did and utilized and they're capitalizing on is is that aspect, right? It's the speed, the speed of connectivity, you know, like direct to the source information, how to get it, you know, direct, you know, education from career professionals. That's what better. Would you rather read a book on somebody that you don't even know if he knows what he's doing? Okay, you can get the skills, but then like, what do you do with that once you get it? So the cool thing, like. That I love about yeah. the yeah. Nomen thing is that, yeah. that in general, it's awesome. Yeah. When I, I when I'm starting it, that's what I watched, you know. So. Yeah. When um, I, I definitely agree with that. There's like a lot of books out there that give you the technical knowledge, but they don't give you the, the visual inspiration to go, oh, this is cool. This is what I can do with the product. Yeah. Um, and I personally, it's like you know, I can't learn from someone if they don't kind of walk the walk. If they're just technicians. I, I find it hard to learn from uh, people like that. It's not to say that they don't know what they're doing, but it's like, uh, well, where can I take it from here? You yeah. Know? And the great thing about um, all the instructors from places like Nomon is that they're all phenomenal artists. You know, um, I, I think I've learned so much from, uh, you know, buying the DVDs at the time because there was no dig- digital downloads, but learning from like Scott Robertson and Feng Zhu and Neville Page and all those guys. You know, you could see it. They knew what they were talking about. They were intelligent individuals, and it's like, wow. You know, if I work hard one day, um, I might be able to be like these guys. Yeah. Uh, so there's this big, yeah. It's almost like they're you know superstars that you can sort of aspire to as well. So yeah, man. Me, well, and that's I think that is also your personality to be able to see the gold in the mind and to be like, you can't see it there, but you know it's there, and you're willing to put in the time to pull it out of yourself or whatever and you know it's not easy i remember when i was learning how to do all this stuff i would be like watching the tutorials and being like oh fuck you know <laughs> like even as cool as it is like even like yeah. like i have fangs dvd and, and like yeah. he, he's pretty quick with everything he but, is yeah but even yeah. so i'm just like i just want to fucking draw you know like <laughs> i don't want to listen to any more talk i just want to draw because yeah. I, at the end of the day i know that he draws the way he does i yep. need to draw the way i do but i do Absolutely. need to listen to him because he's better than me and yeah. i think um away from that. Yeah. oh yeah of course man i always remember the story every time this comes up i always remember the story of the guitarist uh um, richie or was it randy rhodes he's the guitarist from um black uh, not black sabbath but um Ozzy Osbourne or something I don't know whatever he was like regarded as one of the best but the thing what happened with him from the stories that I heard and they could be completely inaccurate and stupid and wrong but this is this is what I thought was really cool because I remembered it always through all these years is that he would um he would tour with them all around the world and he wasn't into drugs he wasn't into drinking he wasn't really into chicks and stuff but he was like fascinated about guitar because that's why he was so good um, and basically every town they would go to or when he would have a break, he would find like the best like guru guitarists in the area and yeah. go get like lessons from him and play with him and take the best traits that he could take from that person and then oh, put cool. it to himself. 
And yeah. yeah, so it's kind of like the Nomen DVDs that you can do because like, but the cool thing is you don't have to be like traveling to do it. You can sit on your yeah. ass at home and learn from somebody that's 10 times better than you that has so much more experience, but then you can get that, those things, you know, you can get all that information, that expertise yeah. and understanding and stuff. And, and it's it really cool. Yeah, it's really interesting what you're saying about that because, uh, you know, obviously you're a big fan of Bruce Lee. Um, as Heck well. yeah, like, dude. Yeah, yeah. Who isn't stuff. a good fan of Bruce Lee? I mean, if you're not a fan of Bruce Lee, I'm a freaking <laughs> kick you right in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And and I can and you know that that just seems like a natural uh, how you were thinking about um, well, well you know bringing out that example that guitarist uh, he sounded that sounds very much like a Jeet Kune Do kind of uh, yes he did the same thing yeah. yeah yeah exactly the same thing just a different medium yeah uh, and I, I suppose that's why I got into um, I personally enjoyed mixed martial arts for many years as well you know I loved um, I, I loved just watching it it was really hard to actually get it in Australia for. Uh, until relatively recently, I guess, when I was, in, say, 2003 and that, um, it was still really difficult to get any of that sort of stuff over here. Yeah, so, so UFC's on... brought that a lot. There's a lot of great, amazing talent coming out of mm. out of Australia too, man. Some crazy. Yeah. There's a there's George Setalopoulos. Like, I always say his name wrong, but he was <laughs> he he was one of those guys. I think uh, I'm was a big. He... He was on the Ultimate Fighter, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he was a coach one time or something. But he was also um, he 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 came in at a time when there was just savages coming through, and mm. I think he he fought against some of the, some fucking brutal dudes. Yeah. And, and 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 some of these guys, they might be amazing, but they come in at just the wrong time, yeah. <laughs> and they just they're up against some of the best of the best in the world, you know. Yeah, hey, I'm a big yeah. I'm a big MMA fan. I've been watching it since I was a kid. Did you um? Did you ever follow uh, the Pride? Um, yeah, Pride is a bit crazy though. It's it's for me. It was when I was really um, when I want to watch like a freak show, I'll watch Pride. Because <laughs> for those that are listening that don't know what we're talking about, just Google Pride fighting, or if you want to see it. Um, and if you don't, if you're squeamish, don't watch it. But I don't think it's that bad, actually. Um, uh, there, there's some pretty brutal fights in there. Um, there's some really heavy knockouts and some bloody ones. But the yeah. the the premise of Pride, I, I just didn't really um, appreciate the sportsmanship nature of it. I don't think it was. It felt like it would felt it's like. Not as beautiful, yeah, as as um, USC, I don't think. Yeah, Dana and the Fratati brothers or whatever the people that run it. Um, they have a little they have a better sense of how to create some a sport a, create a legacy out of mixed martial arts rather than exploit it and make like the thing what i'm talking about if you don't know what pride is 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 a, uh, it's 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 really dominant i think is a japanese thing yeah is yeah that, that was japanese. yeah so they would have uh, it was an octagon it wasn't a cage it was a a four-sided boxing ring um, and i think it was i don't know the dimensions but i think it's like it was bigger. It was bigger than a regular box. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty big. And the thing what would happen here is that you would have, when UFC first started, it was pretty nuts because it was like bare knuckle and it was just dudes and there were some really brutal fights. It was like, it was nuts. And so it reminds me of of the original starting UFC. And they it had, does, yeah. But it was it, but it never changed. And it was like they would have like. Um, they, I forget there's like these giant dudes like 400 plus pounds or something crazy I don't know if they're 400 but like 300 pound dudes these huge dudes fighting like half the guy's half their weight 
the beautiful thing is that that would be a great display is these guys that were half the weight would win off of sheer skill um and that was the beautiful part that was kind of probably why they did a lot of those freakish fight style fights yeah um, i think they did still do those those like open weight category fights for a little while um yeah all throughout the, the whole thing and then it got shut down eventually because i think uh it was like yakuza run or something like that so, <laughs> yeah the the yakuza is man they got they got their hands in some stuff up there yeah so <laughs> yeah but i thought there was i mean there was a lot of clown shows right because the, there were some fighters who were just completely they weren't they, they shouldn't have been in the ring a lot of them were i think um uh, japanese wrestling kind of like wwe yes you know japanese versions of them and they just go in simply to almost take a beating um and but there, there were also like a lot of legitimate guys but they weren't from japan they were from like you know brazil and and um and, and the us and yeah a lot of those other places brazilians so, uh, are born with cauliflower ear dude <laughs> <laughs> the brazilians yeah, yeah. man i was a, i was a brazilian nut for a while like i followed brazilian the brazilian soccer team um you know like i was a massive fan of the brazilian top team all the all the fighters from there yeah uh, you know remember vitor and all that yeah, vitor is a very strong fighter man yeah he was crazy and there's he a lot to... of, there's a ton of heart from those guys out there there's the i haven't been to brazil but the, the people that have gone and friends of mine that are from brazil or whatever it's it's interesting it's a very interesting culture um a lot of the men there are raised by their women because uh yep. by the mom and stuff and it and it creates this really interesting like culture um it's, it's really interesting to, like socially looking at like you know these men like you know men it's just it's really interesting man it's it's a cool thing there's some really heavy hardcore badass dudes man like uh, coming out of brazil and it's also really cool for jujitsu like how it got really big there brazilian jujitsu because i think jujitsu yeah. was a big thing but i think once it got to brazil and and once the the thing the the instruction started to pass um on to these new members uh the culture embraced it and and, and brazilian yeah. culture is so f lively and fill, filled with um, yeah, creativity yeah. and and pride and stuff. yeah i think it's that passion that i really identify with it's like anything that yeah. they do they seem to just jump into it yeah uh, or maybe, maybe maybe i'm being you know <laughs> sure but there just does seem to be a, a real passion for you know if they want to do something they go all out yeah know, like carnival and stuff like that it's like whoa insane stuff yeah it's a really really awesome culture wicked culture and just like you know they haven't done any world war three so hey you know <laughs> you guys fucking really keep it going yeah <laughs> yeah true. no it's 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 cool man they there's some cool stuff and especially since i'm a big fan and i practice and i do jujitsu and in brazilian yeah. no gi jujitsu like i'm i'm big into it. i enjoy it and and the lessons and the stuff and i've been following all that stuff for so long and um, yeah, but yeah, MMA and it's in general, it's, it's crazy. Uh, when you look at it at the surface, it's really gross and seems horrible and bad. And like, why would somebody yep. do that? Um, yeah. But if you get deep below yeah. that, it's yeah. like there's anything, you know? Yeah. yeah it's, and there's, there's crazy amounts of skill and dedication. Um, <sighs> crazy. I, I just look at it and uh, I remember there was one time when I was younger, I used to think, oh, if I get really inspired by something that means i should go and do it right so <laughs> uh, when, when i was younger i used to watch a lot of that sort of stuff because i 
I started training like martial arts when I was probably nine because I was a you know a fat little kid, and my dad wanted <laughs> me to, to, to get fit, so he started getting me into like taekwondo, and I did a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I think fifteen years or something, um, and then yeah, I, I just remember thinking, um, okay, what was my original point? Uh, Your really... love for this stuff, jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I love martial arts, but at some stage, I think I just because uh, I was doing a lot of boxing stuff as well and I just found that I just didn't have the dexterity in my hands mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you ever find that if you draw on the heavy bag now, but I just find that I can't control the pen or the styles or whatever I'm using never as, done boxing um, I don't like getting punched in the face so I just was like yeah oh. I just I just like yeah. give me your arm I'm gonna break it that's what I want to do <laughs> yeah, it seems a lot more efficient as well so, um, but I used to love punching stuff <laughs> uh, like punch, punching bags and stuff like that because you know when i was growing up i wanted to be like bruce lee and and all that sort of stuff and jackie chan and all those guys um so i used to do quite a bit of like stand-up stuff for for quite a while and then i remember um, i used to do wing chun as well i think bruce lee did that for a little while yeah in his years. it's a chinese and, yeah yeah the chinese thing is it's pretty cool um, and then i i started doing brazilian jiu-jitsu and I felt like I'd never done martial arts in my life <laughs> again because, yeah, just rolling on the ground, um, it was, yeah, it was just insane. There's so much skill involved. It's, it really is like a chess game. I know it's, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's like a chess game and it sounds like cliche, but it really is. Um, and I remember going and seeing uh, the instructor who was a relatively small guy. I mean, he was, I think, 75 kilos. Not sure what that translates to in, in in pounds but there was a guy who was quite a lot bigger uh than him maybe you know uh i'm what am i i'm about 150 pounds uh compared to a guy who was like 220 pounds um and they were rolling and the instructor was the, the much smaller dude and i just saw him you know kind of manhandle this massive dude who was you know going all out and i just thought ah, oh, you know this is like the essence of what martial arts is all about to me anyway yeah um, Whereas in a lot of striking arts, uh, technique is important, but I, I just found it was more important in, in grappling. Um, and I just thought, oh man, that was, yeah, that was really cool. Um, but I think yeah, I mentioned yeah. to you that, yeah, I just got too many injuries from that because I think there were just some overzealous people who didn't know how to control their own strength and um, yeah, ended up with a lot of hyperextended elbows and uh, yeah, partially snapped. Achilles tendon, and I thought, man, I gotta, <laughs> gotta give you like up. in a heel hook or something, or ah, uh, it was actually, I think it was partially, look, it was partially my fault, um, because we were, we were, we were um uh, fighting for position, and I think they were going for a double leg takedown, and I was pushing back, mm. and my foot just got in a weird angle, and I just heard it go, you know, like a big, just sort of like that, uh... and like, what. <laughs> fuck was that so i stopped and I, I didn't feel anything it was all it was all kind of numb but that's when you know something's really wrong yeah and i just thought oh god i've done something really bad uh and then i couldn't walk for six months properly so um, yeah you're saying that's yeah it's the worst then after, <laughs> then after that i was like uh you know i pro should probably you know do something maybe a little less painful so <laughs> yeah you don't want to hurt yourself you know if you're doing it but it's it's inevitable you know it's just a matter of like 
you know, like I was saying, for me, I have a really good camp that I roll with and I have really yeah. good people. Like, you know, sometimes we get a bit crazy and stuff, but the dudes that like I roll with, usually we know what's up and we're not trying to be assholes. And, and, and like my favorite guys to roll with are the guys that are better than me, but they're, they, they know they can submit me, but they're working on their own game. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. not trying to just muscle me, you know. The worst yep. is like the new guys because they're yeah. they're just yeah. trying to prove and they're using too much muscle and that's the yeah. thing with like the, the parts of jujitsu that I learned is like it's it's more about um, just flowing, and breathing, you know. Like when your first stage for me, my first stage of learning it was it's all about defense. If I cannot get submitted by a purple or brown belt guy and roll with him for ten minutes. To me, that's um, that's success for me. Yeah. Um, it's not about finishing or submission for me at this stage. It's about understanding all the uh, all the angles that he's attacking me. Once I have a good defense, and then I start to find loopholes, then I start to attack. You know, but yeah. the, the white belt is all about survival for me. That's my own personal take. You know. Oh um, no, I, I definitely agree. Like, uh, uh, and I found that a lot of the purples and you know, higher belts, they they think. Well, when, when I was a white belt, you used to just think about the next move, but they're like, you know, seven moves ahead of you. Exactly. The best, the the best dudes ahead. are, yeah. Yeah, and um, I don't know, I, I think that's actually, do you feel that you've learned a lot of lessons that you apply to your own, you know, the art game? Oh, um, yeah, dude. And, and freelance uh, from martial arts? Dude, jujitsu is probably the best thing that's ever happened to me, um, physically, doing like, you know, like I've... I've ridden BMX and um, mm. I've done snowboarding quite a bit. Yep. And uh, those are cool, but I th martial arts is definitely hands down the best thing that I've ever done, and mm. ever, um, because it humbles you. It's it's a huge learning thing. And yeah, exactly. Like if I go if I go and roll and I have like an amazing roll with somebody, but then there's these things that I learn from it. I can take that same mentality and apply it to my art game. And if you apply these like competitive, strong-willed, you know, Olympic-level mindsets to your art game, dude, yep. you're gonna crush it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. If you if you if you have all these all those ingredients, you're gonna do nothing but succeed. You know. And so yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I mean, I I think that's i think jujitsu has helped my life in general just to be more centered and focused you know even though i'm a bit out of focus and crazy um just in general i'm just all over the place all the time because i'm a jackass but <laughs> but no nah, but the yeah man did, was it the same for you when you were doing it did you feel like a really great exchange uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I loved it. And um, what you were saying before with the, uh, you know, it, it crushes your ego, especially if you, you know, go against someone that they just outskills you in every way. Um, just remind you to remain humble. There's always someone out there that's going to be able to kick your butt, no yeah. matter how good you think you are. Um, and that and that translates right across to, to, to business and, and all that sort of stuff as well. Um, and I was actually just going to say, like, uh, it, it's quite, a, I think it's quite, um, it's quite a, a mature thing to be able to take those lessons from one area of your life to be able to extrapolate them and use them in, in, in other areas. Yeah. Um, I've got a, a Buddhist friend and I think he said it just really, you know, quite nicely. Um, and, you know, from one thing, many. 
And for me, it makes a lot of sense. It's like, you know, you learn what lessons in one area of life and apply to everything else. You can learn, uh, you know, you can learn so many great relationship skills, for instance, from business and apply it to your own life. Sure. And it's versa as well. It's know? never, um, yeah, when you're in harmony, it's never one or the other. It's just a perfect amount of both, you know? It's, yeah, it's, that, yeah. it's that one saying when you're living within that, um, you're living within that realm of, I forget who said it, but it was like when your words, your thoughts, and your actions are all, all in conjunction, mm. like connected and in mm. harmony. That's yep. when that's when you're really like what's when I you're think living. It was yeah, I think it was Gandhi. Um, you probably said everything great, so just <laughs> yeah. we'll just we'll give him um, we'll give yeah, we'll, give, we'll uh, give him props in quotes. Yeah. We'll give him quote quote rights. Yeah, for all the quotes that we say throughout the rest of the podcast, they're probably Gandhi's quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go ahead and give him credit for all the good ones. <laughs> yeah, no, he, but yeah, he said a lot of really amazing things, and yeah, but um, yeah, no, that's that's absolutely true, and and I think yeah, like you said, it takes a maturity to be able to apply these um, different traits and things that you learn to um, these different things, you know, because. Um, if you're blind to it or if you don't have this I think if you're an uptight person if you are upset, if you get upset easily if you um, have anger issues if you have um, if you have ego issues I think the first thing you should do is sign up to go do jujitsu or wrestling or something go get your ass beat up humbly, you know, like we have co-ed too and I, and I don't I do not do these things because I have any of those reasons. I do them because I enjoy it first off, and then I just enjoy the, the it's not because I have uh, mental problems or something or I'm unbalanced, but um, at least I don't think so. No. Uh, I try not to be at least, but um, but it, like we have co-ed and you know, even rolling with like some of the higher level girls, it's, it's awesome. I, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually think, um, yeah, I remember rolling with, because uh, there weren't very many females at our club, but there was, I think it was blue, a blue belt who was a female, and she was fantastic because she didn't use any strength whatsoever. That's the best too. Like, and you can, yeah, and you can't was, use it either, you know. Yeah, and it was like, yeah, she's a great tactician, and I thought, man, she rolled, she rolled really nicely, and that's how she should be doing it. So, yeah, when you and that's cool too. I was gonna say is is when um and I didn't realize it as you grow and you learn from these things, but it's like you know restraint and and how to use your time and your patience and stuff so absolutely i think all these things are they they totally go in line with harmony like with the creative realm if i had a choice if i could do it i would ride my bike every day and i would do jujitsu every day and i would do art eventually when i get to the level where i'm able to do that once i you know build this thing that i'm doing that's going to be able to help just keep the bills at, at, at bay um, yep. that's going to be like, you know, hopefully my life is going to consist of doing those kind of things because yeah. is that, is that, um, is that the thing that I've seen on your Facebook thing? Is that lost boys? Oh yeah. Yeah. The lost boy thing. Yeah. 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 Is that, is that what it's, what you're talking about? Or? Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have a lot of it things. Great. Yeah. It looks, it looks fantastic. Uh, thanks man. I have a lot of things in the mix right now. I love yep. how you're switching the podcast. This is funny. <laughs> I'm supposed to be interviewing you, but no, man. Um, yeah, there's there's lots of things in the works. Um, I, you know, I think you and I probably relate from the little bit that I get to know of you. Is that uh, when you when you're faced with something big, you, you kind of throw yourself at it. 
a, a bit too much maybe that's me um full force you know and and uh so yeah like i've i've gotten um about 210 sketches now i'm gonna do another 40 or so and then i'm gonna go back and rebuild them all and and make a a real crazy book and there's gonna be a lot of stuff that's gonna come from that and just tons of other things that i have in mind and yeah. There came a, t a time, uh, I was just talking about this tonight actually, um, I was sitting at home and thankfully because I'm freelance and I think you share the same thing as, as I have, I have all these books that I'm constantly looking at on my shelf that are just opposed to me and, and I, I'm looking at like Akira and Watchmen and, and all the art of Pixar books and all these things and I'm, and I sit there and I'm working on client stuff and I'm thankful to have the jobs when I start to think like, when at what time did these guys say okay i have i've had enough drawing for you guys i'm gonna, yeah, do, yeah. I'm gonna do my own thing and yeah. it, that's happening to me right now so yeah yeah man i i totally feel you on that like um uh, i mean part of the reason why i'm doing the nomad it's um that's a big thing like that's a career you know um direction change for me uh that's something that um i think's got a lot of potential uh, and I'm kind of getting into the boat where, you know, I, I've created for people for quite a long time as well. And I'd like to go and do my own thing. Um, and for me anyway, the, the nomad stuff is definitely one of the steps that I'm doing to kind of, kind of get there. That's awesome, um, dude. And, yeah. And good on you for listening to your voice, you know, mm -hmm. so, so many times, I don't know if you felt it in your life, but you ignore that voice and the more you ignore that voice and you know and not listen to it the less you're in harmony with yourself i think you mentioned in one of your posts you were saying like how like you know a couple years ago you were like you know an emotional wreck and a bad relationship and dealing with all these things and out of out of flow with yourself yeah, yeah. and and do you often look back and, and then reflect on your life now and, and go like you know how could that have happened or maybe yeah. like you know how can i make sure that this doesn't happen again kind of stuff yeah. i mean there's i think there's multiple you know things it's like um intuition i think everyone's born with it um but quite what i've noticed is that a lot of people kind of stifle that you know that inner voice that kind of unconsciously creates a sum of everything and make the judgment call but we don't listen to it because we think that no, that's too simple. You know, we've got to go through some other big process to logically look at things. But it's like, well, our intuitions generally are pretty finely tuned, and the more you listen to it, uh, the better we are at going. Okay, well, our intuition's actually right. And I've found that every time, uh, a lot, of, well, a lot of the time, when I don't listen to my intuition, it usually goes bad. And then I think, why don't I just listen to myself? Yeah, you know, and I think everyone's got that to to a pretty large degree. Um, but it's innate, right? It's part it, of it our is. makeup. I, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think it is. But at some stage, you know, whether it's nature or nurture, um, we 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 grow to suppress it in yeah. in some ways. And uh, I don't know. I remember just seeing this program, um, uh, and this and this lady was uh, talking about um, her intuition. And um, I think like her son was approached by some guy who seemed perfectly normal, but her intuition was kind of going off the rails. Um, and she was, she almost didn't listen to it. But then at the end of it, she was like, oh, you know, I don't feel comfortable with this. 
So we're going to back out. I think the, the guy wanted to take her son for, I don't know, an ice cream or something. Um, and then later on, it turned out he was some dude who, you know, abducted children and, you know, was some pervert and killed him. And I was like, man, you know, she picked up something from this dude that you, you can't tell just by looking at him. Um, so I don't know. I personally think that there is you know, an, an extra... I don't know how to describe it, but extra perception, extra sensory perception. Sure. Um, it's innate. That goes beyond, yeah, that just goes beyond what you can see and hear and sort of know logically. And uh, I think it's important to listen to, to be honest. Um, yeah, I don't know. How about yourself with, with that? Well, I've been doing a little bit of reading and just kind of studying up on like anxiety and, the, and this cultural stress that we put upon ourselves now in this like digital age of like instantly being inundated by everything and under the sun and, 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 and our mm. connection to this like this fake world of digital like madness and stuff and and what it does to us and, and what happened, I think that from the things that I read and understood and the way I perceive these things and is is that when we were developing as a species um we used um these traits to help us um survive basically always stress right you know like fight or flight stress like you know there's something going to attack us so let's get out of here or there's something wrong with this setting or blah 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 and what's happening now in, in America, especially like the obesity and the bad diets and the unhealth and people sitting all day long, myself included, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and what that leads to. And, and what's happening is is we're not stressing about like, are we going to eat the next meal? Most part, for the most part, luckily, we're, a lot of us, we know we are. The thing we're stressing about is, oh my God, is, did Tommy kiss Sally? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> fucking oh my god am i gonna buy that fucking tv at walmart Ugh. it's like can i afford that video game it's like it's fucking stupid for video shit that doesn't yeah. that yeah. shouldn't be stressing us out but people yeah. are stressing out and what's happening is it's fucking first up problems, oh, first world problems all the way <laughs> and it's what's happening is it's it's ruining um it's 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 just as 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 a uh, as damaging as you would be stressed if you're getting like you know running from a bear or mm. trying to hide from a bear this, well i mean this, the brain can't tell the difference can't exactly i mean there's it's releasing the chemicals there's i mean there's differences right it's not it's you know you're not like completely in like f flight mode but yeah, it just yeah. it depends obviously but um for some of these things some of these experiences um they just <laughs> it's just really silly yeah. yeah, I think a lot of it is definitely perspective. Like, um, absolutely. And being aware of that because I mean, what, one of the things, like, I, I knew this. Um, one of my friends who's in, you know, uh, he's doing stuff in Afghanistan, um, and 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 I was saying, you know, how do you? And and, and also, he was running a business here and doing a whole bunch of stuff here that would generally scare people shitless, uh, putting a lot of his money on the line and, and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, how do how do you keep your head? When you're doing all this all this business stuff, because at that time I was like, oh, you know, it's, it's stressful stuff. Uh, and he was, he, I think he just answered really simply and said, you know, when you've had bullets with your name on it flying close enough for you to be able to feel the wind as it goes by, you know, you stop worrying about bullshit like that. Yes. Uh, and I'm like, man, that's that's perspective and a half. Yes, and it's unfortunate that it takes such an extreme to shut your mind off. 
mm-hmm. that was actually a really cool thing that I got from Alex Preston's podcast. Uh, I had him on a couple episodes ago. He was the one that um, hard started that Hyperlight Drifter video or video game that he uh, got Kickstarter like the funding going for. Anyways, I was asking him like, man, you know the whole Kickstarter stuff, this and all that stuff, all these like basic like bullshit problems and things to be stressed out about. And I was like, you know, didn't that stress you out? And he was like, uh, it was cool because he was like not really because like uh he has heart issues and, <clears throat> and he he could he could possibly die or you know like yeah. he's he's been dealing with like you know the threats of, of of you know dealing being close to death so everything else to him is just like uh, it's not as it's not as powerful you know uh, of a stress or a threat because yeah. he's, he's had to deal with like you know threat life-threatening things you know so it's it is perspective completely you know um i often try to catch myself and and when i start to complain about stuff that is just stupid i I start to go like why am i so upset about this movie like yeah okay it sucked but like do i need to be really like upset about it or i'm like my physical state is changing yeah and and i I don't think so (laughs) but you know that that certain level of self-awareness being able to actually reflect on how you're feeling at that stage uh which i think is quite integral to anyone who wants to do anything with their lives apparently that's something that is just like any other muscle if you don't use it you kind of lose it because when i first done yeah when i started going out with um with kelly a few years ago uh before we were married uh she was saying that i have a level of um uh, introspection you know i love that word introspection just kind of you know delving back on what's happened to you kind of um uh, reflecting on the, the important points and and moving on from there uh a lot of people don't have that mm. um have you have you felt that felt that you've always had that to, to some degree or you yeah, know, I, don't know, I don't know what it is you know i i think um i was raised by my mom my mom is a is a very um creative uh thinking person um i yeah. think you know i got a lot of that kind of those traits i think from my mom or the way my mom raised me um, yeah. um i think that and and i maybe it is just my own personality or you know like i was i guess i think we talked about it prior to you you know like i one of the big things that i've used in my advancement as a person is, is learning from other people's mistakes yeah. and um i think you know using other people's examples of their failures or or successes as an example of helping me live a better life you know and so i mean i don't know if that's on the same topic but that's kind of how i've used um just those kind of things of how to 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 make my life better or to 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 not fall into the same traps as a lot of people i guess you know yeah yeah Uh, which is which is important i think i think um it's very important to not I think a lot of people in general, myself included, and, and, and especially me as a, as a younger person, like you, you are constantly inundated by all the distractions in life. And it's funny how our lives are only, they only last about 70 years, but I feel like I'm 30 years old now. I'm just now really getting a better grasp on the world around me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, cause the first 20 years of your life, all you're doing is jacking off. <laughs> in looking at tits and stuff <laughs> that's pretty much it well which but, is pretty crazy because you're supposed to learn you're supposed to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life in that time period and all you're doing is just throwing loads into <laughs> tissue paper <laughs> <laughs> if you're yeah. a guy or you know you're a girl and you're just 
I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, making 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 us throw loads. I don't know, but <laughs> but yeah. you know, but by the time I'm 30, and then I start to really look at things and mm. go like, wow, like I have this impact, and 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 sometimes I instantly go to the the old guy thing where I'm like, that sucks, blah blah, and I get all curmudgeonly and shitty, but then. I have to always remind myself and my wife has to remind me like you know be um be optimistic and this and that and and usually i am but it's the older i get the harder it becomes sometimes you know but um how long have you been with your um with your missus for i've been we've been together for five years now okay yeah, yeah. so not a not a you know not, not not your whole life basically similar to to my wife and I, but I have you found because uh, you seem like someone that can get quite, you know, um, uh, passionate into into something. And do you, do you feel that things can get black and white quite quickly? Or oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm extreme all the way, man. That's yeah. I mean, that's that's very much myself as well. Yeah. Um, I found that I'm not sure whether your wife is the same, but when I she's not when I start going out with uh, yeah, well, she's almost <laughs> a complete opposite. She's she's really you know, loving and, and open to other opinions <laughs> and stuff like that. And that's really, that's really um, mellowed me out. Yeah, quite a lot. of course. I'd say stuff, I, you know, I'd say stuff. Well, that's that the environment, right? Off. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'd say stuff that would piss people off and, and really um, uh, polarize things when it's really not that simple a lot of the time. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I really appreciate that as uh, something that I've had for my wife is that, you know, I, I can look at things a bit not so polarized anymore yeah i i mean my you know it's your environment right you know like it's it's we're influenced by our environment incredibly and if your partner is is even keeled and mature and stable and you know it's gonna rub off on people like myself who just like you know all over the fucking place and you know <laughs> never you know like for me it's just i'm constantly thinking um it's very rare where i can shut it off i haven't you know, the word bored doesn't exist. It hasn't existed. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, what's bored, you know? And, and yeah. part, part of me wants to live in, 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 in compliancy and, and wants to be satisfied by the status quo, but I just can't, you know? Like, it's yeah. I never can. I never, probably never will. And it's just like, yeah. it's not my nature. But um, yeah, it helps when you're around that um, and you're distracted by that and you're, you're seeing how it works for somebody else especially yeah. by somebody that you're connected with if you make a child with or anything you, you, there's these different levels if you share the bills and, and you know the pain and taking care of business and stuff it's yeah it, it helps to have that i think you know significantly um that your environment you know that's why it's really important if you're going to have your partner it's important to really know what that person's about and understand them you know um, if you don't then you're, you're up for a, a real rough ride you know yeah yeah and oh, definitely uh, agree yeah yeah it can get really crazy like I, one of my best friends is getting married too so we were kind of having those chats today and it was cool it's interesting man it's like it's what's interesting to me is it's not natural in our science and our in our biology you know it's not natural <laughs> like men we're, we're we're not designed to be like this you know like we're not designed to clock in clock out you know live within these these bounds but um but well, did you want to talk about like freelancing for a little while because i know a lot of people are interested in i suppose how our daily sort of schedules sure. look like yeah man uh, and i'd be interested to see how close yours is to mine as well 
Um, yeah, dude. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and um, get this bitch started then? <laughs> yes, I would. Tell your baby to quiet down. Doesn't he know we're doing a podcast? <laughs> Not joking. <laughs> He's six uh, months, dude. He like, can do whatever he wants, dude. He runs yeah, that house. <laughs> it is kind of weird. It, 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 the podcast has kind of turned around, hasn't it? It's, it's fine though like you know like I said um, yourself and everybody that comes on they 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 think they assume that there needs to be some kind of like rule book or something or I have some kind of guideline it's absolutely not it's like I'd rather just have a really cool chat you know like yeah. to me it's like it's playtime because I get to have great cool intellectual chat you know it's fun yeah, I think it's kind of less stressful as well for the other person. So. Yeah, I don't want to just be like, yeah, and so, uh, you know, you know, then you did this, right? And then it's like, ugh, <laughs> I hate those, dude. Yeah. Yeah, so with um with your free, you said you've been doing the movie stuff for about uh, five five years now, four or five years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it seems like you, you do so many different things. Like, uh, um, and I think that's part of the reason why I really love your stuff is that, you know, you do drawing. Uh, it, it's very hard to, I think we, I said this before we started chatting on on the show, was that it's really hard to nail down exactly what your role function as as is mine as well. Um, I can't I can't say that I'm I'm exclusively an illustrator or uh, a concept artist or anything like that. I mean, you know, my day breaks up quite widely into graphic design, into doing user interface stuff. To, into you know um, paint overs, uh, yeah, a whole bunch of different different things. Why why do you pursue so many different areas yourself? Because life's full of awesome fucking delights <laughs> and distractions, <laughs> and and why not play with every toy imaginable? You know, and which is your imagination. I grew up incredibly poor, and it was like. Um, fuck all you guys your imagination to go have fun you know there's no there's no distraction so yeah i mean that's for me it's like um it's i'm just i I love so much stuff you know like when i see an amazing design i'm like ooh, that's fucking cool like and then in my head i already make my own and then yeah and then and then somehow i slowly like the world's slowest shittiest printer i put it out through my hand and then it's like looks like looks like shit and then i finish it (laughs) but how about for you like why 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 are you so stretched out and all over the place too uh i think a large part of it is exactly what you said you know there's so much cool stuff um like for instance just going back to the premiere stuff just learning how to do certain things uh, for me, just for vi- on, on video, uh, it's incredibly gratifying, you know, um, putting it, pu- putting through your own footage and doing some post effect, uh, it's like, whoa, that's really cool. You know, and I think I, I, I yeah, I, I really enjoy that feeling of being able to discover something new and, and applying it to the, to the work. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I love sculpting and, and all that sort of stuff as well. And it's just crazy as we were saying before with, with, uh, with technology where it's at 3d printing you know so much stuff oh like, yeah <laughs> 2d right now but in a very short amount of time it's going to become so widespread that you'll be able to translate something that's non-physical into something that you can actually have in your hands and it's like oh that's yeah. fucking cool right yeah. um 3d print is the way of the future man that's what's gonna yeah be. i was reading i was reading the other day that they've got um you know like how, how 3d printing at the moment generally uh is um 
using that stuff that's not really that strong, that sort of plastic. Uh, I can't. I don't know what it's called. Oh, you mean but, like the consumer-based um, 3D print yeah. stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the consumer-based stuff. Using like it's um, using like PVC kind of like yeah, home plastic yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, stuff that yeah. our pipe our pipes are made out of for our houses and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sort of stuff. Um, but I was reading that um, there are printers. I don't know if they're now or if they're being developed where. Uh, you can actually print something out in that material then there's an automatic mold making machine and then uh you know molten whatever it is lava is poured into it and then you <laughs> well, get a physical well. yeah uh, you know a, a, a part that was that's made out of metal um and i could just imagine that say you know we're, we're going off exploring the stars and you and the ship blows up and you and you're missing this um this essential part to get the engine moving again it's like you don't have to have stores of this stuff you can just nope. print it out and it's like man that that just blows my mind yeah that's yeah. that's it man you're nailing it um that's you're talking about stuff that i'm writing about or building and thinking about um the future of the world is is, is raw material to printer <laughs> um people <laughs> are going to build custom houses there's going to be guys like yourself and i or people designers that um, people that don't have necessarily the right imagination to say, you know, can you make this in 3D? I want mm. like a, I want a really cool set of lamps custom made from you, and then they go and you get the they hire you to design it. They go have it machine made, and then boom, there you go. They have, and that's just like you know consumer based shit. But the mm. real smart people that are key to what's happening with this and then are key to the, this market are gonna are looking at this as being that's what it is you know like it's you're making consumer-based products handoff cre like creations um for people um and that's it did you see there's there's actually um houses that are being built off these 3d printers yeah yeah i saw that that was cool but even even further than wicked. that yeah even further than that not just uh i think it's china or one of those countries that is creating um printers that can print biomatter oh um, yeah you can print a heart or something yes yes i saw that too <laughs> we're, we're, we're coming to this interesting age as as our species um to this singularity event of, of like who's the creator what's the creator what is a creator you know like um do you know that whole like this i mean science in general is 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 my one of my favorite things because it's so fascinating and yep. there, there's i don't know if you um are familiar with the human brain project i think it's called or something yep. basically there's a there's a team of people and it's led by this one guy but i think he's saying by 2014 or something that he's going to be able to um basically recreate the generating power of the human mind Yep. which is really crazy because if you if, if people are thinking people think about it like um your your mind is is it's not set up like a machine like it's not like a computer it's it's it works on these really interesting networks it's it does it's 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 like um from the things that i read and understood about it it's 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 not it's, it's un unlike any machine that we've ever created in the design of the the architecture of it it's not binary it's not code it's it's these ways of firing out multiple signals signals of matrix of thought and so he's able to or he's planning on um creating a machine or whatever you want to call it which is basically it's the dawn of artificial intelligence once you can yeah. you can use the same computational strength and power as the human mind yeah um where does that go you know 
well when <laughs> some people well, are afraid when, of it i think it's great <laughs> yeah well what you were saying before and you actually worked on a movie with this thing like prometheus um with that that whole at what point do we become you know we can when, when all these technologies coalesce together we could theoretically print a sentient being out of our own design and it could function and it could think for itself and it could go off and you know do whatever it needs to independent of its creators and it's like well you know that that starts to create a lot of interesting questions you know do we suddenly become gods to them and it's like whoa that's that's insane shit that's like science fiction stuff that we wouldn't even have dreamed um would be possible yeah 10, things 20 years. The things that you and I are going to see in our lifetime, it's going to be very interesting. We're going to see a dawn of a very interesting age, and our our children are going to see even even more, if they can live through it, and if if if, if it doesn't topple over, and you know, like, um, what was the ancient society? Was it Rome that just kind of fell into itself, kind of like the Mayans did as well? Um, I just hope that that doesn't happen. <laughs> it's almost yeah. it's almost like um, it's like humanity. Um, it's like uh, we we just we can't get a grasp on it, and then we push too hard, and then it and then it falls in on itself. It's yeah. like you know curiosity killed, and it's 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 interesting with science and the hydron collider and all these really interesting experiments that are going on in the world around us. Things that I have no understanding. I just understand what how the Discovery Channel explains it to my stupid lizard brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't that stuff yeah. yeah, but I remember hearing about that collider and thinking, uh, and, and Tom said, oh, there's a small possibility that it might create a black hole on Earth. And I'm like, whoa, what the hell? Yeah, don't do that, please. Yeah, because... Yeah, I'm, not... <laughs> yeah, I'm, enjoying, I'm enjoying my life, finally. So, yeah. <laughs> do you ever... Do yes. you, ever you, 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 you mentioned kind of you had kind of a rough couple um, bits of, of your life. Do you feel like right now you're finally getting to the point where you're, you're feeling happy and content and... and... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, um, you know, it's taken a, a fairly long time to, to get to this point. I mean, for the people that don't know, and I've never tried to hide this, is, um, you know, when I was younger, when I was a, you know, a kid, basically, um, I, you know, I was sexually abused, um, and that sort of messed me up for a really long time. Of course, dude. Uh, yeah, I mean, I never told anyone about it. I, I wet my bed until I was like 15, 14, 15. Yeah, and parents would just be like, whoa, you know, what's going on? And, and I just never felt Know, comfortable to talk about it to anyone really um actually on this on this topic i kind of i i got over it in a big way do you remember that pride fight kevin randleman kevin randleman okay that sounds familiar who is that person he was like this um i looked up looked at that guy and said you know he's this massive superstar and um he was he was pretty good at what he did and i thought uh you know if he's been through what i've sort of been through and he came out uh, stronger for it you know I don't I didn't see any reason why I couldn't sort of follow in his footsteps and say you know that's that's going to make me stronger as well um, and for me anyway every time I do talk about it or you know let other people know what I've been through um, it has less of a, a stranglehold on me um, and uh, and the other thing that I found that's been really great uh, is you know when talking about sexual abuse quite often people don't realize how widespread it is and often when i talk about it at either you know a seminar or or on a podcast or on the internet um i'll get messages or people come up and talk to me about it and say you know thank you so much for for talking about that because that happened to me but i've never felt i could talk to anyone about that and it's something to get ashamed of and it's a very um it's a very lonely feeling i think um 
uh, when you've been in that situation and it's hard to kind of reach out to other people so when someone you know, stands in front of you and talks about it with, with no problem i think that encourages people to go hey you know um my life's worth living let's get past this and uh, you know as long as people continue seeing that as a good thing then you know i'll continue to to, to sort of talk about it um it's a two-way yeah. street it seems high and also it's the venue That's... it's a venue and the place that you're doing it at it's like you're yep. doing it at you know artist halls or something you know it's like it, you wouldn't yep. it'd be the last thing you expect um uh, you know from somebody is a deeply emotional sensitive thing to be talking yeah. about you know so and yeah. uh, did you seek like professional help once your your parents like you know like that all the the cat was out of the bag or whatever yeah. um not really no i um i during that time i was uh, i've always been big into reading about um you know uh, mentality books and i like sports psychology books a lot of those are really useful and um yeah, you, reading a lot of those sorts of books, I've found ways of kind of getting through it myself and sort of facing up to the, the problem and not dodging it. Um, and so I've never felt like I really needed to go that step further and kind of seek professional help. Um, maybe when I was younger, uh, I would have benefited from that. But right now, I just feel, you know, I feel like I've handled it um, uh, as well as I can. And yeah, I, I feel very happy with my life perfectly honest so yeah yeah um, it's because it's, that's a real sub you know sensitive and like you said there's a lot of people that are affected by it um and it's just proof is proof to the fact that we're still animals dude you know like um animals with you know pretty simple purposes um you know and and those urges and those purposes and desires are fucking weird man and 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 uh yeah i have people in my family who have been uh and it's it's bad dude because what happens is it it's an onward chain of events that if, if the person's not strong enough they they won't change it and it just leads to just like an onslaught of shit because it just all rolls downhill and until the yep. person's strong enough to to say hey you know like i am dealing with some really deep fucked up shit and <clears throat> And, mm -hmm. and it's it's a sensitive thing you know and it's yep. it's hard i imagine probably being a dad now and, and looking at your child oh. i'm sure you can't even imagine how somebody would do something like that you know yeah like, absolutely yeah yeah but no, it's not definitely. even like they're uh they're not they're not a, a social person like a, they're not a they're not a, a, a person of society they're they're an animal you know mm -hmm. like they're in the animal mindset i think and it's 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 a whole different thing i imagine i don't know so but it's yeah dude that's crazy and I, and I imagine like you said um like from talking about it and confronting it you're releasing like its hold on you and that's cool that you see that and and you're able to you know build from that from those basic characteristics man so you know good on you it's it's it takes a real certain type of person to be able to do that you know so yeah, yeah definitely uh, i mean um yeah i appreciate the kind words and no I, I i think for myself i think that's one of those things where uh i tend to think that we go through difficult times to teach us a lesson you know um sure. and you can learn you can learn a lot from from difficult things uh so for myself it's like well i i you know i appreciate that i've, I've got to learn all these things um and i've come away a better person because of it and I am who I am today because of those things. 
Um, so yeah, I mean. That's a winner's yeah. look. That's a winner's outlook, though. You know, like so, like you're using Ken, Kevin Randleman as your um, muse of you know, seeing somebody that's strong and powerful. Um, yeah. He's like huge black dude, right? Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. used to always dye Massive. his hair like white. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. He's huge, though. Massive dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's got this, like, massive uh, vertical leap. He, he almost looks like he'd jump, jump over someone in one leap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got hops. He fought, fought Fedor. Like, um, he fought Fedor. Uh, I don't know if you saw that fight, but it was one of the craziest fights. Like, he... Um, he, he did a double leg and then a sublex on Fedor and everyone thought, oh man, you know, how did how did Fedor survive that? Because he basically did a jumping sublex where both of them big dudes landed on Fedor's head. Yeah. Um, and somehow he got out of it and armbarred uh, Kevin Randleman, but he immediately went to the hospital and made sure that his neck wasn't broken. That's, uh, but... uh, he's got the Russian mob. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah. yeah, he's just some crazy friggin' machine. Yeah, Fedor is, uh, yeah, he's just, man, that guy, man. It was a bummer that they didn't get him in the UFC. I, I think it was a yeah. bit late, a bit late anyways, but the, the drama that I heard from that, just the amount of money that the Russian mob wanted, <laughs> he wanted, a.k.a. the Russian mob. Yeah. You know, it's just all fixed and fucking crazy. But, um, yeah. yeah, that was a crazy fight. I do remember that. It's brutal but um yeah dude that's crazy stuff man and, so, and good so on with, you dude yeah cheers i mean so with you um how was how was your upbringing you said you were like you know with uh, your mum raised you and all that yeah, um, yeah i'd imagine it was that was that how was your childhood i suppose well it is is great and, and it was bad at the same time as a lot of um you know, I didn't appreciate a lot of stuff until obviously until now I'm, I'm older and I can see it in hindsight and and realize how hard it was for my mom um, yeah. to to you know even the choice that she had just to to decide to have me you know is is uh was a it was a blessing to even be brought into this world you know I owe her everything I owe her my life um, but um you know I was uh I mean my life is just been crazy i don't know what it is i have like a I, I forget a lot of stuff and i think it's because either i choose to or i just um too busy and i don't really take in thoughts or i just i'm always on to the next thing so when i so i have had a lot of people actually ask me to do a podcast on myself and and i want to do one but i i have to really sit there and think like okay my childhood and, and what happened and, and why these things happen and you know like just the cause and, and effect of these things but um, you know, like, uh, my mom, a very powerful, very strong, um, passionate woman. And she did, uh, she, I have, a, I have an older brother. I think he's about seven years older than me now, six or seven. I think it's six or seven. Um, and he's really talented as well. He's a bit of a wild child, crazy guy. Um, but, um, yeah, he, him, he moved out really early as well. And, and my mom is a vagabond. She was a military kid. So she, we, she, always like to travel so we we just spent a lot of time um most of my childhood was traveling i i don't know i can't remember the amount of schools i've been to we'd, we'd go yeah. to one town and i'd get situated for like i don't know four or six months or so and then we'd be off to the next town or whatever so it was uh, i had to really understand how to adapt and react instantly <laughs> to situations and stuff so at the time yeah. i really hated it 
and um, it was challenging and, 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 and in Hawaii too growing up there is a challenge because like I was a white kid my, my full name's Ashley I go by Ash because it's easier for people to get it but um, being like a, a white kid with blonde hair name Ashley <laughs> it, yeah. it was like the boy named Sue kind of like a Johnny yeah. Cash song kind of thing you know? so it was um, like I said for, when when I was growing up I really had a lot of problems and, and challenges that I didn't really necessarily like but my mom is a smart person I think she might have set me up for those kind of challenges knowing that mm -hmm. it would make me a stronger person at least that's that's what I try to tell myself so I don't get super upset about it <laughs> yeah, yeah. but um no I mean um she you know she did the best she could and, and she, she had broken her back when I was pretty young um, she slipped on a floor when she was serving tables my, my mom raised my brothers and I my brother and I on on you know working restaurants cooking or serving tables or bartending or yeah. driving limos and so um, yeah man it was you know I you know for the most part my mom was too busy because she was <laughs> taking care of us so you know, I'd be raising myself or my brother would be yep. helping me and then um, just taking care of, you know, the basics of life and stuff. So and, and, and my mom was creative, too. So, you know, I pull a lot of muse from being around that. And she was always very supportive of me creating and drawing and and um, my whole family. And, and actually, everybody's been really amazing. My aunt Tess actually showed me Akira and Ghost in the Shell at a super young age, which is like blew yep. my mind. Yeah, I mean, did you when you first saw uh, Akira? Because when I first saw it, I was like, "What the hell is going on?" But I know it's cool. I still don't right? get it, <laughs> and I've watched it's it a, hundreds final, of times. It's final, yeah, it's the final, uh, you know, the final third of the movie that starts to go, "Whoa, what the hell's going on?" But I'm still gonna watch it because it's cool, right? So that's what makes it a masterpiece. I think it's like yeah, it's like yeah. a Kubrick film too. It's like mm. um, it's on that level for me as a consumer. It's on that level of of what the fuck's happening <laughs> am i stupid and, and then yeah i'm probably stupid and then and then you discover that you know you're just you're stuck in you're you're in a world that somebody's created and you're just experiencing this ride which is really interesting and that's yeah. how it is for me with with um akira i think it's yeah you know it's 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 a trip um and every every time i watch it i get something different and um the same with ghost in the shell the ghost in the yeah. shell is a little bit different but yeah those two films changed my life same as you know same as uh star wars and stuff you know but um but yeah i mean my childhood was you know apocalypse now was another one that i thought was quite what the fuck's going on here um but you there's something about it you know yeah 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 it's like yeah, there's the two things. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Quite what what's quite going on, and, and the other one is, this is a masterpiece. Like, it's, it, it's got a feel to it. I thought it's an experience. That's a feel. Exactly it. And and not every film is supposed to be a Walt Disney movie, you know, or a Spielberg film. And that's what's cool about films, you know. It's like it's it's you know, there's different experiences that you can take on and enjoy, and and that's that's what I love really, you know. So. But um, yeah, that's you know Akira and stuff. I can go on and on about that stuff because I love it. But it's it's super nerdy shit, you know. And <laughs> and to be completely shallow and and open is like yeah, of course I love fucking bike gangs and fights and just like you know yeah. the future and 
Neo Tokyo, I just think it's awesome, you know? Yeah. Like, I want to, I want to, I want to go there and visit and, and check it out and mm. be part mm. of that, you know? So, yeah. I had that feeling, I had that feeling um, when I watched uh, um, uh, Blade Runner. Yeah. You know, it's this really kind of gritty world that's not that far from our own now, but um, it's just one of those movies where I go, oh, I wish I could get into the movie and just walk around and, and do that stuff. Yeah, Scott did a great job, and the crew did a great job by creating that. He did a great job with Alien too. It just that was really when he was in his prime, I think. But yeah, man. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Actually, to be completely honest, I didn't become a huge fan of Blade Runner until later on in life because I think it was slow. It was too slow for me. Yep. Um, and the same thing for 2001. It was just too slow for me. I wasn't, I wasn't ready for that pace, you know. But the older I get, the more it's like refining, you know, your palate and stuff. So absolutely, yeah, and, yeah. And, and and I slowly was able to like go, oh, okay, like this is just a slow burn, or it's it's okay to like yeah. this, you know. And and I, the same thing for like films like There Will Be Blood. It's like one of my favorites. It's like oh that, yeah, I love that movie. Yeah so intense and it's just this really heavy emotion and, and, yeah. and it's, a, it's an experience you know and and same with fargo and stuff it's like these are really interesting yeah. experiences yeah, you know yeah. um yeah. just well-crafted stories and just really interesting natural human characteristics and stuff yeah. and and i probably i mean i guess i've been a far, fan of fargo ever since i've seen it um even as a kid i watched it when i was younger <laughs> i only had a couple of vhs's and that was one of them yeah. fargo that was uh, um i I just thought that was that was uh, hilarious how they had the um, all the Canadian accents as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I think it's a uh, like... <laughs> that's actually um, Minnesota. I think oh, okay. it's all Minnesota um, because that's the accent from Minnesota. Oh. In Minnesota, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they do. Um, from my experience, from people that I've met from there, they have the. Yeah, they have that thick accent that they. Yeah, uh, what's the um, the name of the brothers that, that do those films? The Cone uh, Brothers. That's yeah, yeah. The, um, no Country for Old Men was another one that I. It's fucking loved. amazing. Yeah, and yeah. they have like Roger Deakins doing the the, he's the director of photography. Oh, yeah. Just yeah, like you yeah. can pretty much frame almost every shot of that film. Mm-hmm. And it just really helps you consume it. You know the experience. Like I hate it when there's a really beautiful story or something great and it's just really poorly taken care of you know like if it was funny i was talking to my friend anthony today about it it's like you you can if you were to read the script of alien now and not see the film you'd be like eh, the story's okay you know you can a million different you can look at that movie a million different ways in your head but the way that ridley scott and everybody that worked on it brought it to us was a really powerful way of doing it you know yeah and yeah. so it's, it's 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 like it's like you know it's all in how you deliver the product you know so yeah i, I totally agree with that like a lot of people say um oh, you know there's no original material anymore and i'm like well you know there's only a limited number of experiences and that that, that would probably suit the film um medium but it's the way you tell it that can be so different sure know? Yeah. I, I totally agree with that, yeah. Do you subscribe to that, that we're running out of ideas? Uh, mm, eh, not really. 
Yeah, because you, you say that and then you experience something like, I guess, partial bits of Inception would be a recent film that has some mm -hmm. interesting, you know, before that was maybe The Matrix or something. Mm. Where yeah, the, the, the Matrix, the first one was incredible, and I thought they kind of blew it with the second two. Of course, everybody knows that. But the thing with the with the thing with um, the Matrix is there's actually a lot of films. There's a couple of films that are a bit older that are very similar. The the yeah. thing with what the Wachowskis and the people that they worked yeah. on were able to do with that is they were able to build a very interesting world um, mm. out of it. Um, I thought there was a lot of stuff. Uh, I, I find with a lot of movies that I connect with, there's, there's something there, like for instance in The Matrix, um, there are certain scenes that I have from my own dreams. I don't know if that makes sense. Sure. But there's, and I've never been, you know, um, on a spiral staircase looking down at the ground where there's a checkerboard pattern floor. But for me, that I've had that in, my dream, in a dream sometimes. So maybe it's mm. one of those things that- Psychological. It's a psychological thing, and I and I connect with that because it's kind of like supposed to be the dream world as well. And I'm like, hmm, that's that's really cool. And maybe more than just myself, obviously more than just myself, have these kind of visions in their dreams. Um, and, and it created that extra level of interest for me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've had that for a movie. But... Well, yeah. There's, I think there's bits of emotion. I think like when I when I was growing up. Um... I watched American Beauty and it hit me perfectly in time <laughs> with my development yeah. as a young man. And that it was, was a as well. I love that movie. I, I love it. I haven't seen it in ages, so I don't know if it still yeah. stacks up to what I expect in a movie. But the the last time I watched it, it was like I would I watched it like five times in the movie theater just by myself yeah. because yeah. it was just so beautiful and 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 the score, everything, yeah. the cinematography, the way the acting, the lighting. Um, the, everything pretty much it was just one of those films that a film comes around every once in a while and, and 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 so basically what you're saying about the dreams i think for me that movie really tapped into some underlying like emotional something there was a substance to it that like i, I was familiar with in some kind of way on a different yeah. dynamic you know and and that's what that film was for me um and lots of films that I love, they give me that same kind of emotion. Same yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, seen, um, there, there's a recent film that just came out uh, a while ago, um, this year I think. It was called The Way Way Back. Mm, I haven't seen it. Yeah, there's there's quite a few scenes in there that ring really um, genuine, and uh, and I just remember connecting with that as well. I mean, you know, it, it, maybe not the best film in the world, but there was a lot of scenes about um, adolescent. Uh, awkwardness that I thought, oh man, you know, that's that's very much what I went through. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a hallmark of what's missing in a lot of special effects movies that are big budget but just haven't taken the time to incorporate those things for the audience to kind of grab onto. Sure. Um, well, if any, like... if we know anything that we know, we've learned so far is that money doesn't make a good film; good people make a good film. Yeah, um, I yeah. mean money obviously helps but it's just like anything in life like you can have all the money in the world and have a shit horrible experience with life mm. because you have nobody that loves you or people are mm. shitty to you or whatever it may be but if you are a good person and you know how to live a good life you can have nothing you know and, and still yeah. enjoy a beautiful life so it's about 
to me, good storytelling is about good people telling good stories, you know? Um, and that's all it really is when it comes down to it. It's not about, like, I guess you can say, like, yeah, it's about your render engine or something. Like, you can be as shallow as that, you know? Like, I used V-Ray fucking version <laughs> 5.0 or blah, blah, blah. You know, of course. Yeah. I mean, if you're trying yeah. to achieve, like, the super porn, then yeah, okay, that makes sense. But um, for a lot of this stuff, um, as far as story-driven media, as far as movies that, like, you know, have stood the test of time, Citizen Kane, you know, uh, the you know a lot of the Hitchcock stuff, um, stuff that you can st still pop in that's super old, yeah. and it still yeah. works. Yeah, the other one that um, uh, there was a TED uh, presentation by... Love those. Yeah, the, the, what, what was his name? The one that did the, um, the Star Trek... J.J. Uh, Abrams? No, no, the new, the new Star Treks. Yeah, J.J. Um, Abrams, the director? Yeah, yeah, sorry, yes, J.J. Abrams. And uh, he was um, on stage and he did this uh, presentation that was like, when people, when people co uh, copied Jaws, the movie, they copied the wrong thing. They copied the shark. Um, That's a good when point. Really, yeah, when really what they should have been looking at was the stuff that made the, the, the movie human. And um, I, I'm sure you've seen Jaws, yeah? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. So everyone's seen Jaws, and you remember that scene where the little boy sort of comes out and um, is it Schneider? Is it something Schneider? The main, the main, the main guy. Anyway, mm -hmm. he's sitting there at the table, and he's kind of a little bit glum, and he's um, sitting there with his hands sort of clasped together, and he's yeah, just you know, kind of glum. Um, and his son comes along and starts imitating him, and they have this this moment together, the son and the dad. Yep. And it's like, well that's that's a certain level of nuance that a lot of films miss these days it's like that's the important shit because when that the is, dad is that is it yeah well, it's like when the dad is in you know mortal danger you're thinking about that and there's this whole i hope he doesn't die because he's got to get back to his son yeah and we care about that 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 unit and it's like it's not <laughs> those are the those are the hidden bits of magic that yeah yeah, yeah. people you know what happens i think is 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 films they become this very uh business-like corporation designed by committee bullshit experience where and they always have been i think it's just at different levels and the wrong people are in charge of certain things that's why things are getting so messed up i think and the power is not going to the right people and maybe sometimes some of these people that are telling these stories aren't qualified for it to be completely honest you know like Maybe they just don't get how to tell a good story. They might make like they might make things look amazing, mm. but as we know um, from my own personal take and experience, it's like that's not enough. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, he nailed it. The thing about Jaws, it's 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 it. it there's so many levels to how simple and good it is, mm. but there's so many levels that you can go into why it applies to making such a good story. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's the epitome of like a great story, really, you know, it's like, I don't know, it, it's great. There's been a lot of books and stuff I've studied and read up on it and just things that I've observed from it itself. There's a book called um, Invisible Ink and the, the author in that, it's about like storytelling and stuff and he breaks down like, it's kind of like Joseph Campbell kind of stuff, breaking down how to tell a good story and, and what makes a good story from their own perspective and stuff and and yeah. um yeah he uses jaws as quite a bit as an example and you know like a, another film that i was watching recently um that i really enjoy is uh, stand by me 
Um, which, yeah, that's a classic as well. I love that movie. But the thing that I love about it is it's relatable to my childhood because there's these things that somehow are missing in these experiencing experiences that we're having now. And and on, oftentimes, to be completely honest, I, I constantly go back and go, am I just getting old in my childhood? Is, am, am I getting nostalgic, you know? Yep. Is it me, like, me not embracing the, the new age of whatever's happening now? Is that just a sign of me dated, well, being dated? Or is it is it is there something wrong with what's going on, you know? And, and I don't know if it's necessarily wrong at the moment, but it's, a, it's definitely changed from the way that, you know, you and I would have grown up. Um, I think we we're relatively similar age. I'm 31, you're 30. Yeah, 30, yeah, yeah. So, yep. was... so when we look back on how we played as kids, it was with typically with friends and other people physically in the streets or going wherever in the forest and that. Um, a, a lot of it these days tends to be, well, I wouldn't make a generalization like that, but a, a lot of it is online with video games and that sort of thing. Yes. Um, so... It's not a generalization, it's a fact of what's yeah. happening. So, I mean, in the future, though, um, these people, ref these kids now will reflect back on that and they'll have... Uh, fond memories of that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not one to say if it's right or wrong, um, but yeah, I know what you mean when you reflect back and you go, hmm, that's how I sort of experienced it. But maybe you know, the kids now wouldn't be able to, to see eye to eye with that sort of experience. Sure. And what is that telling of where we're going psychologically and socially? You know, that's the, that's the interesting thing. Is it, is if people are are getting just as happy off of a film that. Mm -hmm or an experience or a narrative or a story that doesn't have these special attributes that make them great, then yeah. what are th what are they getting them and how are they getting them and what is that saying about our interactions with one another? The thing yeah. about what movies are, aside from like all the porn stuff we're talking about, all the, you know, the lens flare and blah, 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 and the production <laughs> design and stuff, which is part of what we do as a li for a living, um, but it, it's, it becomes a very shallow effort when it's not used properly. And it's like, it becomes this like void of space where it's like, what's the point if you're going to just make something that, if you're yeah. going to kill yourself for a story that is really not worthy of your work, you know, or your yeah. time and your effort. And uh, yeah. That's, um, why, that's why when I see something like uh, No Country for Old Men, in which it might not have been, you know, I don't think it was a commercial hit, but at, but for me, it was a it was an absolute masterpiece. But you know, there's gonna be people that just don't understand the film, which is uh, weird. <laughs> yeah, why yeah, wouldn't well, you get? <laughs> yeah, I mean, my wife, my wife Kelly doesn't like that film. She's like, it's really weird. But I'm like, mm, does it make oh. her feel weird? That because it could possibly be it, or maybe it's just like she doesn't get it. I think um, Kelly likes films with a beginning, a middle, and end. Whereas I think with that sort of film, it's quite. It's about the experience of the movie, as, as opposed to, you know, delivering, taking you from one spot and delivering you in another. Well, you already um, said that she's more analytical than you, right? So that makes sense. Because yeah. she, yeah. she likes to compartmentalize things mentally. Yeah. And yeah. if she can't do that, then it doesn't feel like a good experience, which I get that. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. But, um, but what I was saying with that is that when something comes together like that, um, uh, and, and in video games, uh, an example for me, I'm not sure if you play many, many video games, but uh, uh, Deus, Deus Ex, the latest one, uh, which has kind of got a very Blade Runner-esque um, sort of feel to this game. When these productions come together, 
you know, being, having been um, behind the scenes, when they come together and the writing is good and the, and the graphics are good and, and all these things come together, it's like, holy shit, that's a fucking miracle right there. Yeah, I heard The Last of Us is the same kind of thing. Yeah. It's just, it's just yeah. like a really a, a culmination of all the right ingredients. Yeah. And it really is. It's, it's a fucking miracle that yeah. it's good. You know, yeah. like uh, even yeah. films, dude, like when I go back and watch these films, I'm like, how the fuck did they do that? Because it's perfect, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, but yeah. it's, it's so many, so many moving parts. It's like, wow. So many. Something really went right for this project. Yes. And, yeah. and, and, and I think it, there's a lot of things because this is, I mean, I'm sorry, I get super nerdy about this, but there's a lot of things that because I study this, like, F, like uh, part of my thing is I just listen to film commentaries and listen to directors and people. Yeah, I, that's the favorite part for me um, is uh, I love listening to art, or, uh, whether it's an art director, or cinematographer, or, or the actual director of the movie when they talk about certain scenes um, and what they were trying to achieve with it. And yeah. It's like makes me appreciate the movie on a whole different level. Oh yeah, there the last the last commentary that I listened to that I really loved was uh, Fincher's on Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and mm. um, he had said this really great thing that I didn't really realize until it's it's a perspective thing that I didn't see because obviously I'm not a director and I don't do all those things. But at the end of the commentary, he said um, it's a great commentary too to anybody that's listening that is interested in this stuff. I think there's a commentary. Just Google it, or we'll post post a link in the show notes. It's on YouTube. It's his commentary, unless you unless you have the DVD and then you can you know go go support the film and buy it and stuff, which I would recommend yep. be above the YouTube link. But anyways, he was saying that he was saying it was an interesting experience with films. It's like you go through all these different stages, like you go through the writing stage and then you do the you go through the the pre-planning stage and then you get the actors and get the casting going and then you go out and you shoot it and you go experience it and then you go. Then so that's a whole experience. Then you go to the look at the dailies, and that's a whole experience. And then you bring all the footage back, and then you deal with you know notes. And then you go back and go to the editing bay, and then you just start editing and cutting out things, and that's a whole another yeah. level. And then you do screenings, and that's a whole another level of experience. Yeah. And then a movie gets released, that's a whole another level of experience. Yeah. And then the DVD, and then you get the commentary. It's like, it's this experience that is constantly evolving, constantly changing, and honestly. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I've learned from what makes a good movie from the directors that I admire, um, and the guy that made um, the first Conan, I think. So don't judge me, but he he uh, he also wrote um, Apocalypse Now. Um, he was one of the dudes that was like kind of cooking it up. His, what was his name? Because I know who you're John Melius, about. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he Did said. He no, I didn't realize he wrote that. Yeah, yeah, he wrote Apocalypse Now, I think, pretty sure, because I was watching an interview with him and Coppola, and he was, they were talking about it and stuff, and he, it was actually George Lucas was supposed to go make that, and, but he was like, fuck that, I don't want to go to Vietnam, so, anyways, <laughs> uh, that's from the things that I saw, but anyways, uh, he was saying that the best attribute a director can have is tenacity, because you're going to constantly be sold no, and you need to stand by your product and just be tenacious and willing willing to face the adversities of no and the challenges that it brings you know um that's just a real a real big thing that i that i i I agree with and i and i've learned from that and it it, truth to go with anything in in life you know like yeah yeah somebody 
yeah, somebody will say like, you can't do that, or you can't run that, or you can't go up to, you can't ride your bike that far, or you can't do this and that, even if it's physical, or, or, or you can do it, try it, you know, and, 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 uh, and you'll find, find a lot of the time when you do it and you succeed, and it's a good thing, and everyone loves it, people come back and go, oh, congratulations, and they feel, and they've been <laughs> on board the whole time, it's like, you weren't on board the whole time. People project, <laughs> you know, people project, um, I think, um, any time in my life, and I've tried to avoid it, and I've usually crushed it at an early age, but any time that I couldn't do something myself, I wouldn't think anybody else could, because if I can, then they definitely can't, you yeah, know? So, yeah, and yeah. so, no, and that's, that's definitely true. Unfortunately, um, people don't stop themselves in their tracks, and then they can say harmful things to people that really don't need to hear that in a time yeah. of need, and, mm-hmm. you know, then it becomes a fucked up experience for certain people. But, yeah. um, I mean, I mean, with with writing the stuff that I do for freelancers and, and you know younger artists, and I and I'd imagine you know it's part of why you do these podcasts as well is that a lot of people, a lot of the younger younger generation probably won't have people around them telling them you know to, to follow their dreams and and keep working hard towards them. A lot of people are going to have the naysayers, um, yeah. and I I know personally that a lot of people have written to me and said you know thanks for writing all this stuff it's taking me out of a slump and all that sort of thing I, and I'm, I'd imagine exactly the same thing happens to you uh, with your podcast and it's like you know, it's just doing that little bit of good uh, in the world is just really gratifying for me. Yeah, it's um, it's it sounds cheesy and silly, but there's that really great philosophy from that movie Pay It Forward. And there, it's that's you know it's pretty common in a lot of different religions and just things in general. But um, you can't go through this life just taking, you know. Um, if you do that, you're gonna find yourself shallow and empty and alone at the end if you don't treat those around you with respect. And you know, I think that I don't want to live that kind of life. And and I think that. Um, it's all based on choices and I don't, you know, I'm trying to make the right choices to help out. And absolutely. Um, the podcast has been nothing but really great experiences to have. And, and, and sometimes I wonder if, you know, what's my motives with this because I often don't know. (laughs) I just want to, I just want to chat, you know, have good chat, you know, like, and, and, and if something good comes of it, then I'm really stoked, you know, but, but, um, so why, do you have um do you have sort of like a catalyst as to why you started doing it yeah um okay so the the first time that i was really like okay this is i'm gonna fucking do this because i was getting pissed is uh um i i also i didn't really know much about podcasts until i started listening to joe rogan's podcast oh he's got a great podcast i love his his podcast is the best one it's the best it's like like anytime you feel down you just put on one of his podcasts and you'll be pumped ready to he's yeah my friend said it perfectly alistair said it perfectly he said like there's many things to like about it but there's the one thing is that um you don't even have to do drugs to to do to, all you have to do is listen to joe rogan's podcast and then you feel like you've done the drug <laughs> because it's he's uh, he he's so into it and describes things so interestingly and, and all these things but it's very mind oh like it's very uplifting and, and, and mind bending the things that they talk about and what they're doing and all that stuff but um yeah so joe rogan's podcast was a, was a catalyst um and then i didn't i, I there's a couple of creative podcasts out there but um none of them 
that I found and I didn't do a to be completely honest, I didn't do a huge search on it. I just, yep. just um, but none of them really got into the aspect what I thought was most important to me, which was like perseverance and all these like internal struggles. Because to me, yep. like, yeah, I can go watch the Nauman thing and I can be just like that guy, sure. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, yeah. What's what's more important to me is is these internal struggles. Yeah, it's a battle. Yeah. Yep. And and when you feel like you're alone, um, I've given up on art a couple of times because I've just, I've destroyed myself internally, um, unfortunately. And we should uh, talk about that, like as well, because I think that's something that other people want to want to definitely hear about. Sure. You know, like, um, it's what's interesting is is when you find a insecurity about yourself, you find that so many people else have it. You know. And when, yeah. when, when you're the, willing to be the first person to be like, hey, like this sucks and I'm dealing with this. It's just like you said, like with your being molested and stuff like that, like once you release that like energy out there and you're like whatever you want to call energy or whatever. Yeah. But um, people tend to be like, hey, me too, whether they realized it or not at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, yeah, I think the catalyst was, okay, I, I was listening to Joe Rogan. I was like, okay, well, I like, I think I could tell some poop jokes and be silly and <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as funny as Joe Rogan but um I felt I felt like there was nobody that was was doing this for the art community and I felt like there's this really weird issue with artists in general that aren't really like for the most part are really great people but aren't super social about you know how they interact and so um and it's changing now because of all the media and stuff but um, anyway, so I figured, fuck it, let's do this. And and what really hit it off for me was when all that shit was going down with um, um, that one studio that did Life of Pi. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was just like, all right, that's enough. Like, if anything, I need to try and step it up and, and see if I can help um, artists at least, um, like, get some, some more self-respect because the industry is going to fall into itself if people just keep fucking themselves over and the creatives in general it's it's creatives it's people um scott ross i had him on he he said it just right i think too and it's 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 the creatives it's the people that are making these these worlds that are making these projects successful without the people it's nothing you know like you would not go see that life of pi if it was you know the stuffed animal and blah blah you know like (laughs) Um, for these kind of films, you know, like not every film needs it and blah, 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 whatever. So anyways, I was just really pissed off about that because I was, you know, it's, it's everybody's fault. It's the studio's fault. It's, it's everybody's fault. You know, it's like, it's the artist's fault. Everybody's, everybody's guilty, um, in this thing. But the thing is, I was like, we need to have a voice or some kind of, you know, I don't know, like, what do I, I'm not, I'm not worthy of it. That's why I have everybody else on to to come help me talk about it, to, to kind of expose these things. And and then I think you're plenty worthy. Yeah, thanks, man. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm just, I feel like, uh, I, I, that's another thing, you know. It's like wanting to get somebody that's more, you know, uh, advanced in what they're doing to help, you know, shed light and stuff. So, and then it just kind of snowballed from there, and it was just yeah. like, it was like a really cool um, experience too. And and since I work from home, and I'm, you know, I just, I have my dog and I have my daughter and wife, uh, you know, and then, you know, that's it for the most time. Because I don't mm-hmm. get out a lot unless I do jujitsu, yeah. or I, I go see a friend, which I love to do, but I just been so busy. Um, yeah. But so then, yeah, this, the podcast gives me a chance to, to to talk with like people like yeah. yourself, and it's just like yeah. you know, 
awesome people, really cool journeys, and it's just like, ah, you know, like I get that social yeah. aspect out because it was weird. I was turning into like a bit of a hermit. And it was like, <laughs> it was disgusting, yeah. you know, to be completely honest. It's like, fuck, man. I was like, this sucks, you know. And it was, yeah. and it was affecting my health and my mental state, and and I realized that. I didn't want that, you know, so, but yeah, man, it's, and it's just become such a great thing. And everybody that's reached out to me and sent me good notes and good, good vibes and all that stuff. Like, you know, thanks guys. I appreciate it. You know, like it's a lot of fun. Yeah. The great thing is you get to chat with people all over the world as well. You know, it's no longer just down the street um, with your friends and that it's, you can speak to like-minded individuals on the other side of the planet. Yeah, Um, man. It's absolutely incredible, uh, and if it wasn't for the internet, you know, I, I probably wouldn't be doing what I what I do today. Um, I think you can say, I think, think it's safe to say that probably ninety percent of the people that are listening do the same thing. You know, like we'd be doing it, but we wouldn't be doing it maybe with like the same amount of power and, and energy or whatever because the connectivity that the yeah. internet provides for us. You know, like yeah, it's a powerful I- fucking tool, man. Yeah, I really like um, how you were saying that, you know, it's kind of giving a voice to an industry that um, kind of needs it, I suppose, because totally a lot of... needs it. I think there's there's this, there's this great quote, I can't, I'm probably going to butcher it, but, you know, um, life will 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 pound on you um, uh, to the amount that you kind of let it. Um, and what you were saying before with the studios and the artists being... You know, having the short end of the stick. Um, I'm personally the type of person to never kind of push the buck, even if it is other people's fault. I prefer to see what I can do myself. Sure. And a lot of what I see happening in the industry, um, uh, especially in the film industry, which I'm not really that much of a part of, to be honest, but a lot of it is this uh, this participation by a large number of people to take bullshit, because if everyone suddenly said you know what we're actually worth more than this and we're not going to put up with this bullshit and this poor treatment what what are the um you know what's going to happen um well i I think there'll be some uh there'll be a lot of perhaps uh, teething problems but at the end of the day if you stand up to a bully you'll get that respect and things will kind of change whereas if you kind of just keep taking it and keep taking it that just kind of goes down a pretty pretty shitty road i think yeah it's a powers and numbers thing you know and and the thing is it'll probably never change i don't mean to be an asshole i just don't think it will because um you know perfect example i'll say hey do you want to work on star wars would you want to if i could get you you'd say yeah right Hmm. and 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 what would you do to work on star wars exactly no there's that power (laughs) play yeah yeah there you go you know and and sell your soul out exactly and so you get yeah. you get experiences and things like what happened with like the whole Spike Lee uh, old boy poster event thing that you know like that whole shenanigan thing that happened. On that on that though, I don't I don't particularly blame Spike Lee for thinking well, that's I... not a problem um, no. because I think it really isn't his problem. But the way he handled it was really assholeish. Oh, he's just bullshit. He's yeah. He all he had to say is like you know the legal department's handling it. You know that's it. Yeah. He didn't yeah. have to say. The thing is, I think he took it personal, and mm-hmm. it wasn't, he didn't, I don't know, it just, 
obviously the guy w didn't read it or didn't understand what he was talking about and it was the worst thing that you could have said it was like that was there's there's like the worst thing you could do and then there's what spike lee did and there are this it's like that's it you know and, and, and yeah I, I agree i think that first off the designer in my opinion is completely at fault for even doing a project and working on it for that long without getting paid you know like what are you doing dude like yeah. you're ruining yeah. it. you're messing it up for everybody you know like and i'm yeah. not trying to be an asshole about it it's just like you know at that point no, and, and, and and i've been I've, I've had the same problem um with myself um with jobs and i've dealt with some fucked up shit and so um but you learn from that and you yes again, basically. i'll never do it again yeah exactly and and the problem is is that with the industry you got guys like me that you're competing against who are doing this shit for free <laughs> or yeah. nearly for free and so how can you run a business when you have guys that are on opposite sides of the spectrum guys that are charging huge amounts for overhead in their business and then you got companies that are uh, are people freelancers or people around the world that are charging nothing so yeah. you have this really weird flux of things and it's, it's a very shifty business um, and and uh, I don't see it um, personally. I don't see it improving upon itself unless there's like a real massive change. And, and I just don't see that happening. To be completely yeah. honest, I don't mean to be an asshole. Like I said, <laughs> I want it to be. It's just I'm being realistic about my experience of, of seeing w really what the problem is. And the problem is, is it breaks down to the individual, and then it breaks down to the community, and then it breaks down to the system, and the system of like like I said like. Hey, you want to work on Star Wars? You say yes. I say okay. Well, I can't afford to pay you. Can yep. you just do it for like, you know, because I know you love Star Wars, and you'll yep. be like, well, you know, maybe it depends on who you are. Maybe you'd be like, yeah, I don't think so, you know, or yep. you'd be like, well, you know, like I might have some free time here and there, and it would be really cool to have it in my portfolio, and blah blah blah, you know. And of course, you know, um, there's there's a there's a, a breaking part point for everybody. Um, yeah, and yeah. what that means and, 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 and what that does to the business it's 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 a crazy thing man it's pretty yeah. it's and i don't know i don't i think the best thing that people can do is to empower themselves by being educated and mm -hmm. and then also respecting themselves you know like anthony jones i had him on too he's a friend of mine he's awesome and yeah. he, he yeah. had a, his his live stream on this stuff was really great and he was just you know kind of saying like you know we're not middle minimum wage employees like uh, as soon as you start treating yourself like that you take the rest of the industry down you know like so respect yourself a little bit and and another thing i must say is like if you're not good then don't charge super high prices either so be honest about it you know like if you're a student and you're you're trying to get in the industry and you, and you, and you need a lot of work be prepared to not get paid as much as a high level professional you know so yep. Yep. but you know then it becomes subjection and that's the whole thing it's like there's it's the wild wild west it always will be you know it's mm -hmm. it's so subjective and so crazy and so hard to really pinpoint it personally you know from my yeah. experience so yeah. i mean for myself i don't work on um i don't work on movies and that sort of thing but i do work on you know some cool projects that i, I really enjoy and i get paid well for it and i think a large part of that is knowing when to say no i don't want to take that project no matter how cool it sounds yeah because uh, at the end of the day it's more than just for myself now especially now it's like well, i've yeah. got a family yeah. you know I've, I've got um a child and a wife to to support i've got a mortgage and all these sorts of things so a second home me, too 
yeah and a lot of that is like well you know i can't work i, I can't work in this full project if you're not willing to pay me um yeah. that's and it's it's it, you know to some people that might sound really like oh you know what kind of artist are you but it's, it's the truth no you're a businessman when it comes to dollars and cents and time it's business it's not about art it's not yeah, about your emotions exactly. it's about doing um, business yeah yeah i mean i'm not a fine artist uh and you know they've got their own challenges as well uh but primarily what i do is i do artwork which i enjoy i i enjoy um, a very wide range of different types of artwork which makes me quite fortunate um, but at the end of the day, I need to be paid well for, for what I do. And I think that, that, that you can go either either way. If you go high end, you have to be providing something that not much of the market can provide. Yes. Or if you go very, if, if you go the other way, which in my opinion is a mistake, going the very low end route, um, there are always people willing to lowball you even more and you're also competing with people where inputs such as rent and, and uh, you know, uh, salaries they're not as high because you're going to be competing with places that are developing um so for my my opinion is that if you're in a developed country your inputs are going to be a lot more expensive than uh, input expenses are going to be more expensive than places that are developing so you better be at the high end and you need to develop yourself comparatively more than those at the low end and provide something that is of greater value and you can't find that much of yeah um, and a lot of that is actually not in the creation of the artwork. A lot of that is in risk mitigation of can you do the job? A lot of it is in communication. Um, as you were saying before, a lot of artists don't communicate that well. And I, I know that from experience as well. Um, communication is a massive thing. You know, uh, if someone is um, between, you know, two artists, if one is a, a stellar artist and one is, um, you know, a, a pretty good artist, but the, the pretty good artist communicates a lot more. They're on time. They let the client know what's going on. Typically, they'd be the ones to get the job because they're a lot more predictable. They're a known known uh, quantity. Uh, yeah. That's my opinion, anyway. And I've always kind that's of that's the truth, though. Yeah, that's the truth. And you know, like there's a yeah, there's a there's a talk on that too on the internet somewhere. I got to find it, but it basically states that exact, exact thing. It's it says like, you know, you can be. Uh, <laughs> Um, you can be really great with your time and um, be kind of somewhat good, um, but you can communicate really well. People will be willing to um, shape you into what they need rather than dealing with some asshole that doesn't talk, mm. but gets them the best work, but doesn't get it on time. I mean, personally, let's just look at it. Let's let's Let's, let's remove our emotions and and all this other stuff from the scenario um and let's look at it like a business right if you go to uh, a fast food chain and you ask for food it might not be the best food but it comes to you on time and it's warm and it, it's got all the other things but it's not the best but it's not the worst you would rather i mean would you rather go there or would you rather go to a place that is really good the service sucks it's it's uh never comes on time it's uh, it's 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 all over the place so you got to look at it like those exchanges i think yeah. oftentimes people with art there's this weird thing where they don't attach a practical emotion a practical thinking to these these experiences you know and that leads to like all this weird shit that happens you know like people don't think practical about it and there's mm -hmm. a lot of there's a lot of reasons why that i think that is and a lot of it's due to subjectivity um whether people think one thing is good or bad and that's why people don't understand how to value themselves or how to price themselves properly and there's all that 
um, there's just so much stuff really to, to, yeah. to consider um, and especially for newer artists one thing I was gonna say that I always tell anybody that gives I get a lot of people asking me like how do you make it in industry how do you do this this and that and and honestly all I have to really say about that and, and I always say it every time and it might sound shallow or it might sound too easy or whatever but your most important thing to do is to be the fucking best and that's it yeah. everything else is second to that all yeah. if, if you are the best at what you do or close to it or badass at your own thing yeah. everybody will come to you and then you deal with the rest of that you know mm-hmm. and then you can deal with like well how much should i charge and blah 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 but yeah. in, until you're the best or until you're really amazing you all you need you should just be focusing on being the best or the super amazing at what you do that's my yeah. opinion though no, I, I definitely agree. I mean, if you're, I, I'm a pretty big advocate for um, artists learning the business side of things because I tend to think that's a very weak point for the vast majority of artists. Yeah. Um, and it puts a lot of artists on the back foot when it comes to negotiations and doing business because they don't know how to, how to do that sort of stuff. But that being said, that stuff never comes before the artwork, which is your product. Um, your product has to be tip top. I mean, um, I'd say you say the best, but I say it has to be above a certain bar. Sure. A certain quality bar it has to be comparable to, because uh, you know the best is for me anyway. It, it's quite um, nebulous. Yeah, uh, that's how I look it at it though. Be, <laughs> that's why I'm never satisfied. <laughs> yeah, I mean it has to be above. You know, can it sit next to the work of the top industry guys? If it can, sure. sure. You're ready to start marketing yourself and getting out there and, and you know running your business but before that if your work isn't if it isn't up to par if it's you know, if it's if, it, if it's not good quality doing the business stuff is absolutely futile because you're not going to get any work yes uh, so i think there, there's so don't logic. jump the gun you know exactly like, yeah. yeah i mean there's a lot of there's some artists that are very gung-ho about the whole business stuff it's like well you know um and, and one guy was uh, emailing me a while back saying you know what do you think about doing this business-wise and all that i was like you know, your art's just and i was just trying to put him down gently it's like your art's not quite at the stage where you know that's going to be a waste of time right now you yes. sitting back and, and and doing the studies and doing and getting better at at the whole you know the the the, the creation process yes i agree and that's one thing that i've noticed in a lot of people and i've had that too where it's like they're not quite ready for it and then they want they think they are and they overvalue themselves and then they you know, it's like they, they, uh, they, they, they kind of shoot themselves in the foot. And so I'm not trying to be counter contradicting here. I just saying that when it comes down to your efforts, your number one goal in the beginning should just be studying and putting in the time. If mm. like, if like Anthony Jones said, if you're like, if you're, if you are not completely obliterated and exhausted by the time you're done with your day, then you didn't draw enough. <laughs> it's yeah. simple you know like it's as simple as that and and i guarantee you and it sounds like it's long it sounds like it's going to be a and for the most part from what i've seen from people's efforts and growth from like guys like dave Raposa or you know like anthony jones and stuff the massive growth that these guys have gotten i think from what i've read or seen or i just asked from them is it's been about a two-year period of just crunching same for me too like when i went to work at prologue it was it was a year of just like insanity yeah and 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 from that came contrast i saw a really great quote from 
uh, Muhammad Ali, he, it was basically saying like, you know, pain is temporary, like stick through it. And that's how you become a champion. You yeah, know, like if, yeah. if you if you don't have that if you don't have that will to 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 survive or that will to win, then mm-hmm. you, then you'll be nothing. You'll, it, all yeah. your effort will be worth nothing. You know, so yeah. you know, yeah. like, and that comes back to also the, the stuff we're talking about with the martial arts as well. I mean, that yes. that you know, strengthens your mind to be able to to take that sort of adversity. For me, uh, weightlifting is quite similar to that as well. You know, there's only yes, you lifted it, or no, you didn't. And, <laughs> it's very honest, just like art yeah, is. And, yeah, you can't fake your weight. You can't just, oh, I, I, you know, I lifted 100 kilos because you didn't. It, yeah. You know, crushed your chest. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah, yeah I think, and, and if you look at it like that, and if you're very honest with it, and then if you if you don't know and you don't have honest people telling you things, then, then go let the internet judge you. Go put your art up <laughs> on a website. If it, doesn't, if it doesn't necessarily resonate with everybody, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily not very good. It just might mean that what you're doing you need to change something or you need to work on some kind of trait or attribute to make yourself better or whatever it might be you know like i'm i'm, I'm just throwing things out here but um yeah. i think that you know a real key to your success if you're listening to to getting your success is to really just focus on your skill um and focus on like what how good you need how good you should be you know like look at the greatest and try to be better you know? Yeah, that's I don't so know. Quite, that made sound so shallow. I don't know if, or whatever. No, yeah. I, I think that's that's a pretty good um, description. I mean, when I when I first started and I and had all these DVDs from that and more that, um, I thought everyone was the quality of Scott, Scott Robertson and Feng Zhu. So that was the only you know bar that I could set for myself. And I was like, ah, you know, everyone's got to be this good, and it's really not true. I mean, those guys are the cream of the crop, right? So yeah, there, there's the guys um, like um, what's his name, the Good Brush, the guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know you're talking about. Um, it's fucking wizard. <laughs> he, yeah. he, some people put 10,000 hours in. He put like 100,000 hours in. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. just guys that are like that, though, too. But I guarantee yeah. you, nobody just is born and just like comes out and just like, I'm fucking the best at art. It's like, no, it's a learned yeah. discipline, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Like, um, there's this book. I'm not sure if you would have read it, but it's called, um, uh, oh, what, what was it? Um, Talent is Overrated. Mm, have you heard, I've heard of it. Is, I haven't read it. Yeah. So basically, it's a um, it's a whole book on that disproves the whole myth of of talent as the general public would kind of think of the word talent as you know you're born with an innate, fully formed skill. Yeah, I hate um, that. Yeah, and it goes through a lot of um, you know scenarios and even talks about Mozart and uh, and Tiger Woods and how they you know a lot of how they developed and a lot of it is very much to do with the time, the amount of time that you spend on things that you feel uncomfortable with, because when you do uncomfortable things, that's obviously when you're growing. Yes. Uh, and it's going to be very focused work on that, and it's not just kind of doing the same thing over and over again, where you're doing stuff that you love doing. It's like pushing outside of that so that you get gains very, very quickly. Um, yeah, no, that, that was a, that was definitely a great book as well. You have to check that out because, yeah, when people say, like, oh, you're talented, it's not like, oh, I don't subscribe to that. I just can't because, um, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, thank you for saying that. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. But what does talent mean? Talent to me is just like you've, you've, it's like you're telling me that you've managed to accumulate lots of long hours of just sitting there. Yeah. I think kind it's of just being insane a little bit. It's the, the yeah. definition of sanity, trying things over and over until. And expecting different results but um 
like I think definitely that's uh, talent. The whole subject of talent. It's like yeah, I don't subscribe to it. That just I think um, if someone said talent and they, and they meant you know you had sufficient interest and willpower to go learn something, I, I think that that is talent. Sure. Um, yeah. Definitely. So. Yeah, but it's 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 a matter of being inquisitive and interested and and, and, and passionate. You know, like you know, like there you can be really talented quote unquote and uh get things like there's that you know like kim jung ji or whatever however you say his name the guy's like obviously a savant because (laughs) there's something there's something biologically happening with his success you know like it's awesome because the guy shreds uh he's he's just really good at art but um yeah i think i think so with him like i'd imagine i'm Know, just postulating here but i'd imagine that he was born with some sort of innate you know love for this and yes. so the, the whole book the whole thing behind that that book that i was talking about is that quite often we have a slight inkling or we enjoy things a little bit more and because we do we start off as kids doing it more and more and naturally we've put in more time than other kids who prefer going in and kicking the soccer ball because yes. of that extra time you develop better than other children but on a scale of one you know, which is you know just born and the grandmasters, whatever field that you're you know you're studying in, you're probably not that high, right? But when you when a grown up sees it and uh, your work and says, oh, you know, I'm comparing it to this other kid next to you kicking off the soccer ball, and your your work is a lot better, you must be naturally gifted, and that kind of reinforces reinforces it. Yeah, yeah. Vitaly said it perfectly. I don't know if you listened to his podcast I had with him. It was super powerful talk. But he yeah. said that almost exact same thing, and I agree. Yeah. It's the reinforcement of, of these actions, you know. Like, yeah. and, and once you reinforce these things, um, and 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 it's a fucking shame when some people don't have that reinforcement because mm-hmm. y- you'd be shooting down an amazing star, you know, before it even takes off, you know. Yeah. But and um, then people that have it, other, it's great. Yeah, and then one of the other things that I found in the book was that y- there's a certain point at which you have to kind of decouple from external um, external praise. It's like there's a point yes. at which you go, okay, this is kind of, this is what I want to do with it and now I've got to take it very seriously. And then you start pushing beyond the point of this is merely enjoyable and when you want, want to become, say, you know, a transcendental master that's remembered throughout history, that's when you start going, all right, now I've got to drill down, I've got to take it very seriously. And it's no, and, and generally it's no longer enjoyable in that innocent way when you were a kid. Yes, that's uh, and a, I think that's, that's kind of like, yeah. I mean, like if you think about you know Bruce Lee because he's an example that we both can relate to. He took it way past the fact that it was just enjoyable for him. You know, lots of people find doing martial arts enjoyable. There's very few that take it to the le- level of changing an entire you know field. Yes, um, and I. And, you know, I know enough to know that would be something that requires a tremendous amount of, um, of sacrifice. So. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, and uh, that takes a certain type of personality trait to do so, to re- reconstruct something so, so massive, you know, and the adversity that he, that he faced just trying to do such a thing, you know, and, yeah. and yeah, it's, it's it's all these things right it's all these traits it's all these all these little bits all these little things that um people are able to all these personalities and all these things that's what i think is so fascinating it blows my mind when people don't read i'm like are you fucking kidding me like 
you, you have every fucking amazing thing in, right in front of you, mm. and so mm. like, why not use it? And I'm I'm ranting, sorry, but people no, no, no. Uh, I mean, there, there was another great quote where um, someone said, you know, in ten years' time, you're going to be pretty much the same person except for the people that you meet and the books that you read. And I'm like, man, that's so true. Yes, yes. Yeah. So yes, man. I, I just wanted to say, oh, there was there was one point that you sort of brought up. Um, uh, oh, I don't know what was it? Um. With your, with getting into the industry, um, uh, it'll come back to me. Sorry, but when when you first got into the industry, you, yeah, you were saying that you've quit art a few times, mm-hmm. uh, and I wanted to go more into that because I've I've quit art a few times as well. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so, thanks for asking questions too. It's, <laughs> I feel weird because it's like, yeah, that's I'm 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 supposed to ask you questions, but I'm not gonna not answer your questions because I don't want to be a dick. Oh, no, if you, you want to ask questions, go no, ahead. no, like, no. I I just I appreciate it and I and I hope it doesn't seem shallow or weird. I just want to like not answer your question. So anyways, I guess I'm just getting self-conscious about it because I, you know, I'm not trying to use this time or things to use to talk about myself, but if you're interested, I'll definitely do it. <laughs> but uh, I'm just looking at like um, parallels between yes. what you've gone through and myself as well. Totally. I think it's very relatable. Um, okay. So the time that I fell out of love with art, um, I was in a relationship that was, um, I was really, I had moved out, I had left um, home, my mom, or home in general, at a pretty early age, I think I was like around 14 years old, Mm -hmm. and I had to grow up really, really fast, Um, and so um, there was this disconnect, my mom and I were really close when I was younger, and there was just, there was a disconnect as I got older. and uh, it's never been connected again. And, and what I was trying to find, I was trying to find that connection again through like my girlfriends or my relationships. And and then uh, I had a really passionate, strong relationship for many years uh, with this person. And I felt that I was so content and lost within this vast like void of, of what this person gave me that I kind of lost myself within that person. And therefore it, it imploded and fell into itself. Um, because art became this thing where I wasn't doing it for the sake. I was doing it for really weird reasons. Like I was doing it because I thought I was expressing myself and I wasn't, I was just, I don't know what I was doing to be completely honest. It was this weird thing where, I don't know, it was a weird exchange of energy and I was, I was getting to a point where I just didn't feel like I was getting what I wanted out of the exchange. And I felt like it was too much work or too painful or I was just too content with the life that I was living. And so the the way that that life gave me the choices that I had at the time, I decided not to pursue it anymore. And which led me to do, you know, other things and pursue music. And I played music for a long time and that was cool. Um, But I was, I think it was just due to being content. And um, I don't want to seem like I do art because I'm not content. Um, I think, yeah, some days I, 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 that's probably pretty true, but when I quit, it was not because of those things. It was just because I was, I wasn't really, I didn't, I didn't need to do it for some reason. I just didn't really care to do it, I guess. That makes any sense. Yeah. But, um, how about for yourself? Like, you, you know. Yeah. Well, um, let's see, there was a couple of times in, in Australia, um, uh, I'm not sure. Maybe this is a skewed view, but there. I think for what we, uh, for what I do, uh, 
which was primarily as a, as a concept artist early on, there just seemed to be um, less opportunity than there would be in, in say the US or Canada, mm -hmm. um, where a lot of the game development companies were. Uh, and I remember just a few times where the, the going was tough. It was tough to find a job for a little while. Um, and I made some uh, moves to fully quit the industry, such as selling off you know, art books and, and just getting my mind out of that whole thing. Um, I, I moved to Perth, I, I originally came from Adelaide, moved to Perth uh, in Australia to, to be um, a senior concept artist and art director there. And after that, that was kind of like, um, it was a pretty unhealthy sort of atmosphere there when the, the, the company I was working for actually imploded and a whole bunch of shit went down basically. But uh, from that, I was like, man, this industry seems like, you know, it's full of cowboys and I don't wild know. Wild like, West, dude. Sorry? Wild Wild West, dude. Yeah, Wild Wild West. Yeah, um, still is, I, dude. Yeah, a lot of it is, definitely. And I thought, you know, I can't, if I want to have, if I want to start a family or, you know, buy a house for instance um <laughs> one day I'll, I'll i'll need to kind of like settle down and i just can't see that i want to talk about that too so by the way so yeah. don't forget yeah, sorry keep going um, sorry yeah and um i was like well you know if i, if, if I want to do it in this industry I, i'm if i want to be in this industry i'm gonna have to travel around the world because um my my experience up to that point is that it's a very shaky industry and if you think about the 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 um the business model of video games it's that they get a bunch of funding a chunk of money mm -hmm. they develop over a few years could be you know, one to four years depending on the size of your game then at the end of that they market it and hope that they get the money back and more it's very it's it, it's it's, it's inherently same with movies yeah, same absolutely. thing dude yeah but it seems like with movies they've got it down they've got the process down a little bit better than video games. Video games still feels like it's it's not it's in its infancy, yeah. but it's coming out of it. Same thing, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the same model. Yeah, but uh, yeah, with video games, it just seems so shaky. Um, and I had to. It was almost like I had to go through. So in my in my career in video games, I've I've worked for over eight companies uh, somewhere hang on, over seven companies seven individual companies as a as a studio artist mm. and every time i got a little bit secure in it or a little bit um you know a bit comfortable the company would shut down it was almost like i was being told you know <laughs> you need to think about doing other things or or at least putting something in a place that you can count on um and Every time that that happened, it felt like, God, not a, not again. And um, I just like, I'm this close to quitting. I remember I actually signed up to the um, to the police force, signed up to Australia's version of the CIA, went through a three-month sort of um, background check and interviews for that, um, and also signed up to go to go into the army, but that fell through because I wear orthotics, those things in the shoes, um, and, and we're not allowed to have that. And I think also during that time, I couldn't get into the police force because um, there was a downturn in the economy and less policemen were leaving and as such there weren't as many places. So it was kind of like this whole environment thing where hell, we're not going to let you leave the industry, right? Um, so Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, life is push, pushing you into Yeah, it's like pushing me in this certain direction. Like it didn't want me to leave. It felt like it didn't want me to leave um, the art making stuff. And I'm glad I didn't because you know, it's a big part of what I love in life and I always come back to it. Um, but yeah, uh, after a certain number of 
company failures and being on those starts, I thought, well, you know, I need to maybe try doing uh, freelance. It's always been a dream of mine because you know, running your own show and um, and you're, you're probably in a similar sort of situation. You, you get to use your time kind of however you want to um, or however you need to. You have a little bit more control over your life. And for me anyway, leaving the industry has has um, actually given me over the last four years, which I've been running my business, it's given me a lot more stability than I, it ever has uh, when I was on staff, which is which seems like a misnomer, right? It seems completely at odds with what people tell you. You get a job and you get that stability. It's like <laughs> yeah. running your own show. It's like holy shit, you know. Um, if I'm to liken it to an analogy, when you're on staff, uh, you've got a single pole, uh, a fishing pole in the water of a single line. That's where all your income is coming from. Whereas if you're running your own business, you can split up and go into lots of different, um, lots of different clientele. So you've got multiple pet poles in the water. One of them was to fourth boat or the line snap, whatever. It's you know you're you're kind of hedging your bets because you've got other um, lines of income coming in. Um, so, and and also yeah, I, I just think. Um, uh, and, and also I'm earning a lot better than I was on staff. Um, so for me, um, yeah, you know, I've quit quite a few times and I've, I've come close to quitting a few times uh, altogether because professionally, I thought I would get that. Yeah. yeah, professionally I wasn't gonna, gonna get that stability, but going freelance has actually given me the stability I needed to keep going with it. Yeah, it so. worked for you in that favor. Same for me too. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't that I was in companies that were failing or falling. It was just that there was no real company down here in San Diego, and I'm rooted down here. My family's down here, so I can't really leave. And um, you know, anybody that uses the excuse of location as being a fail, like a like a failsafe or excuse not to be successful, I just I don't believe in that because I'm in San Diego. Yeah, that's closer than where you are, but it's sometimes it can be just as far away. You know, yep. because I'm not actually there. You know, I'm not in the element of the actual indus industry, and location does help. But to and and still, people like to do business face to face, and it makes sense. It's how we do it. But um, because of technology, we're able to do like you know, like we're doing right now. We're using Skype to talk, and you're in the future, and I'm <laughs> in the past, and we're having a conversation about this madness. Um, yep. and we're able to do it I'm on the other side of the world you're 14 hours ahead of me you know like it's we're able to you know use technology to to bridge that gap you know and so it, it works for me it works and I think it's great and I think that um, I think that it's you can't use the location necessarily to, to be a lack of your success I look at guys like you know like Mike Nash too I think Mike is out there um, yeah yeah Mike's yeah, and, and he, I mean, is he not like one of the best? <laughs> oh, man, I love his I love his work. I didn't even realize he was Australian until um, until I added him on Facebook. I was like, hey, you're Australian. Uh, so we've we've chatted a few times, and uh, he's a great guy. Yeah, he's he's just obviously he's he's got a lot of love for what he does, and he's willing to put in crazy amount of hours because it shows in his work, and good for him. And I imagine he's got more than enough freelance and work because of the effort that he's put into and in like if if there's so many prime examples you know so um you know just like mike and so many other people you know it's like that i know it's it's they're yeah. just they want to be the best or they make their own stuff or whatever it might be you know and 
Yeah, I mean, I think um, if you want something enough, you'll find a way to make it happen. Um, yes, if you're... For my, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you sorry, want it. Um, yeah, yeah. For myself, I mean, I, I had no clear idea of how, you know, I was supposed to do this. Uh, I, I like to think that opportunities present themselves if you kind of throw yourself fully into it. Um, and doors will just open. You know? Yes, um, swimming, you know, swim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like opportunities will present themselves to you when you're ready to take them. Yeah. Uh, and quite often you actually get opportunities when you're not ready to take them as well. Yes. So. Like I recently, I've been offered a couple jobs at like Apple, and, and I had to turn them down because I just have too many other things that I'm interested in doing right now. Yep. But that's like you know, if you would have told me when I first started designing that Apple would be contacting me, I'd be like bullshit. You know, like. <laughs> No fucking way, you know, and 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 then if I told myself I would I, that I turned down the opportunity to even consider it, it's like no fucking way, you know. So yeah. it's it's um, but it's all that effort and work and hard time that I put in to make that happen, and you know that's what I'm saying. For my experience, when I was starting to do this, all I cared about was studying and looking at who the best were, and then there became that stage like I think you said it, it was a perfect um, perfect example of, of a master or a person that thinks like a master it's like you 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 work really hard you you acknowledge the best and then to become the best you must disconnect yourself from people's perceptions of what they expect of you and you do it in a way that I might I might be getting lost in word salad here I don't apologize but um, you do it in a way where you're not trying to get acceptance from other people you're creating yeah. for the sheer fact of you creating and yeah. um and not a lot of people do that and uh when it's people tough to do. it's tough to do though hell because... yeah it's scary dude because <laughs> yeah. a lot of the times you're gonna Can't fail and you, and you learn so much from the failures and the thing with especially like going back to facebook say uh, just because it's a medium that we're both familiar with um a lot of people or some people that I've seen, um, they do the safe and loved thing because it's loved and very rarely kind of push, or at least visually, um, you know, from the work that they showed, they very rarely push out of that. And it's like, God, that's such a trap because once you, you know, it's nice to get that approval from your peers, but once you start running your creative spirit through that, you start to shut off a lot of opportunities for growth. Yes, yes, and and so yeah, like you're talking about the trends. Trends are traps, you know. Um, the moment I see somebody doing something trendy, I acknowledge it, and then I run the opposite direction as fast as I can. <laughs> Usually, I try to. Um, not always. Sometimes it's the the candy's so sweet, I want to taste it, you know. So <laughs> to use I mean, the analogy, if you, try, so. if you just try it once, just to, I mean, I think there's a lot of value to go. Okay, what what is it about this that people like? You might not necessarily engage with it yourself, but it's like, hmm, if there's something there, that, there must be something at least. Uh, I like to kind of like try it out, um, and then sort of absorb whatever I can from it, and then it's like, okay, on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know, um, it's a lot of it should it's it's harmless, you know, like we're probably taking certain things too seriously, but it's a serious conversation about how to be the best that you can at what you do, you know, so. 
And when you're talking about that and you're taking it seriously, then you really need to consider all the angles because to be a competitive um, professional, like you have to consider all the different facets of what that means. I often, like you, you mentioned uh, athlete books. I never read any of those actually. I should probably check some out because it sounds really cool, like up my alley. But like, mm -hmm. I like to look at, I like to treat like my artist career as being like Olympic athlete, you know, like if, if, if I'm going to draw, why don't I draw like a thousand drawings? You know? It's a, it's a good analogy, I think. To, to it's applicable. Out. It's very applicable yeah. if you really want to, you know, and then yeah. it just shows you how bad you want it. If you don't, if you can't sit there and draw all that, or you can't do this and that, it just shows you that either you don't have the heart for it or you just don't, you're not set for it, you know? And go. Well, yeah, or you, or you might not be ready for it yet. Yes. There, there might be small growing that you need to do, and then you can come back to it. Yeah, totally. And you know, and and there's a million excuses not to do something. Then there's only you know like one to do it or whatever. However, that saying is, I suck at sayings. I'm fucking horrible at them. Myself as well. I have to check the internet before I post them because half the time <laughs> I distribute it to the wrong people. Like I, I, I picture them to hell. Uh, God, I'm pretty sure he didn't say it like that. I'm so. glad I'm not the only one because, yeah, and I'm horrible at spelling. I'm constantly using Google to help me <laughs> spell like sixth grade grammar and shit. <laughs> spelling. Yeah, <laughs> That's better, one thing. It's better that you do that. And, yeah, but it's better that you do that rather than spelling it wrong. Like, you'll go, hmm, this guy's, this guy's a bit. No idea how to spell. <laughs> Which I do anyways, and a lot of my friends and my wife included are just like, "Come on, dude." <laughs> yeah, but I can blame. So there was a couple of things. Sorry, there was a couple of things that you wanted to chat about. Um, sure, we, dude. We've been talking for a long ass time too. Yeah. You okay with time? You have to. Yeah, get... yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Okay. Um, yeah. Now this is a, uh, this is actually really enjoyable. It's a powerful talk, man. So sorry, you were gonna say. <laughs> no, no, I think you were. Well, asking about the houses or something. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I'm a homeowner too. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to talk about like, um, because, you know, like on the podcast we can talk about anything, and so it'd be interesting to talk a bit about like, you know, how that experience is. You know, like, you know, you're 31, I'm 30. We're kind of, you know, we're getting a little bit older. We have kids and blah blah blah, and yeah. the priorities of things are changing. Um, and you know, owning a home is a is a whole different fucking ball game really <laughs> it's a it's a whole nother stress and i think you said you bought a freaking another home um yeah yeah so for you uh... dude that's awesome <laughs> Thanks, yeah. one home's not good enough i need to take a shit in all these bathrooms all day long <laughs> no no it's uh because we well there's a couple of reasons i didn't just do it really nearly um the reason a couple of the reasons uh, we've just had a, a government change in Australia, um, and internet... free houses. Sorry, free houses. No, uh, <laughs> but the, the the government that's come into power, um, they don't have like a very forward-thinking view of how the internet uh, internet structure should be set up. Uh, so they're looking at reducing cost on that so that they get a good balance sheet kind of you know, looks good to taxpayers but the technology that they're going for isn't kind of expandable for future uses um, and they wanted dif to differentiate themselves from the previous government who were actually putting in faster internet much faster internet that would future-proof uh, infrastructure um, 
but uh, with these new guys, they're wanting to put in kind of shitty internet. Uh, but there are pockets of internet, um, of super fast internet, that have already been laid down, and they're probably not going to be any more for a while. So I wanted to move into an estate where the internet has a, has already been laid down. Um, where I'm currently living, I only have broadband one, which is relative, which is extremely slow. It'll take all day to upload like a one gigabyte file, which sometimes I have to do. Mm. And um, in this new place, you know, that'll upload in an hour or two. Uh, also, so there's the, a massive... also the porn too, right? I mean, you got <laughs> all that porn to watch. <laughs> yeah. All that, all that internet porn, all the stuff. Um, so that, that there's, there's that practical reason. Um, wow, that's also... weird, man. That's crazy. I had to yeah, move. I had to move my house to get the house. internet. <laughs> yeah, kind of fucked up. But also, um, first world really problems. Move. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so one of the other things is, is well, is that there aren't enough rooms in the house because I'm going to a three-bedroom place. Mm. One of the rooms is my office that I'm, I'm always in. Uh, when family and that come down and or when we have a second child, which we'd like to do, uh, there just isn't enough space um, for us to, to do what we need to. It, it basically feels like we're, we're sleeping on top of each other at the moment. So Whoa, this easy. Place, it's, a yeah, fam- so it's a family conversation, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah. joking. <laughs> so getting this, this other place... It's hopefully going to alleviate that and you know let me kind of stay there for a little while right uh, yeah but i want to hold on to this place as well because uh you know i'm, I'm you know i read up on investing and, and i think that's partly the asian genes as well yeah. like my, my parents are always like it's an immigrant that. thing huh like a recent yeah, immigrant like, thing i think you know i think it is yeah. yeah yeah it's like you know fuck we don't want to have we don't have to go back to we don't want to do that we don't want to go back to that shit. so mm-hmm. let's do everything we can to like you know and squeeze as much out of this orange as we can you know so yeah i think there was this um i don't know if you heard of this guy called zig ziglar but he was doing some research once and he was saying that um a huge number of um immigrants become millionaires because they have a certain mindset that's just really hungry yes. um you know it's like they don't want to go back to where they've come from before and you know i've been through that sort of stuff before i mean when i was growing up uh, we'd always been relatively, you know, we, we'd been pretty comfortable. But there was a time um, after I left my my um, my Perth job because I, I just didn't want to deal with the bullshit anymore, and I started delivering pizzas and just living off cleaning houses and stuff. I think so. You cleaning houses and all that sort of thing. Um, Did you wear the and... sick ass maid outfit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, no. <laughs> Maybe I should have. But... Sorry, I'm totally making a joke like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking dick. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, all good. Um, yeah, and I was cleaning houses for really very, not very much money at all. Mm. And um, like an idiot, I hadn't been saving, and so I didn't have much money in the bank, and it was dwindling slowly. And uh, you know, I, I did. I felt really poor. I, we'd only had a couple of grand left in the bank, and then uh, I'd be fucked basically. Um, so when I was, when I was actually like delivering food, I felt, you know, it felt like a second class citizen because no one would actually pay attention to you, to you, no one would give a shit about you. Um, and when uh, I had to go deliver food, it was often to wealthy neighborhoods and I'd be like, man, you know, one day I'd love to be able to live in a nice place. And what a cool and- moment that is. Uh, it is. Like, yeah. it's, 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 it's like, there's a clarity that you get from that start like that starvation of like it's that i've been in that exact situation not the the pizza delivery but i've been in those stages where i'm 
where I'm like, man, I wonder what's going to be like to be that, or how can that, yeah, you know, I want yeah. that, you know, and yeah. the better life. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you That's, off, but... No, 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 I, I totally agree. Um, uh, I, I remember just getting, uh, sometimes people give you a dollar tip, to, to a dollar or two um, for dropping off the food as, as a tip, and you'd be able to keep that, and I remember just saving that up. Um, all night and going, oh, you know, if I get enough, I can go out for, you know, a takeaway meal or something. Um, and I just, I just remember thinking, this is something I'm going to be able to write about one day. It's going to be something that, that's instrumental to me getting ahead. Um, and, and during that time, actually, this sort of segues into, into um, something we were talking about before, but it, it, I had to help people clean their homes but also part of that job was also spending time with certain people who had say dementia and keeping them company while you know their wife went uh, this one guy his wife had cancer as well so she had to go and get um, chemotherapy and my job was to stay there and make, make sure he didn't hurt himself and just to keep him company mm-hmm. and I remember just sitting there with this guy and he couldn't remember he, he was carrying on like three conversations at once he couldn't remember that he'd met me before and all these other things and I'm just sitting there feeling a bit sorry for myself because of this, you know, the situation that I was in and after leaving the job uh, and being relatively well paid as an art director and going, you know, this guy who's lived, you know, he's probably a good guy all his life and he's got this to deal with now. You know, I've got my health. I've got fucking everything. Yes. I just remember the first time. Perspective, dude. Perspective. Yeah, exactly. It's that perspective thing again. Yes. I remember leaving the house the first day and I just sat in the car for 10 minutes because never never really, you know, sat with anyone with dementia and I'm going, man, you know what? I I owe it to myself. I've got everything right now going to me. You know, why am I being sorry for myself? Like, get over this and let's go on to bigger and better things. Well, your mind can trick you into thinking that. It's because because your mind is constantly, at least my mind is constantly trying to find that equilibrium, right? And when when you live a privileged life, you don't have a good basis of what's good and bad. It's why what makes drugs really bad because it throws your equilibrium off if you're not careful. If you do them too much, it throws, if you do like heroin, I don't know what it's like to do that, but imagine it makes you feel like amazing. You know, like mm. feel like a god, or if you do, if well, you sm- it's the high, yeah, it's the high. And so, what's happening is your mind is constantly, for me at least, it's constantly trying to find that equilibrium. And if you can't necessarily find it, or if you like, you say you live a privileged life and you don't, you don't know what it's like to be like. Like my daughter says, I'm hungry. I, I think in my head, you don't even know what the fuck hungry <laughs> hungry is. <laughs> yeah, you should be me when I was growing up. That's when you're hungry. Yeah. And 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 I I and I don't know what hunger is. You know, I look at these kids on the TV with that fucking huge bloated stomachs in Ethiopia. I'm like, that's fucking hunger, you know. Or you look at the the shit that was happening in the concentration camps and all that bullshit, you know, like that's hunger, you know. So, but it's 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 all perspective, right? You know, but it's the contrast of lack of perspective, and that's it's almost like for kids that are privileged or people that are privileged privileged that I feel bad for them. Um, in this, in this, in just the sheer fact that they don't know what it is, and if they, if if they just have a privileged life, I feel bad because they're gonna go through this dimensional life with only seeing one dimension. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, it, I, no, I totally agree with that. Like I, um, I actually said exactly the same thing to someone the other day. It's like I sometimes feel sorry for people who have had, you know, a comfortable, loving life because because they won't have this backdrop to to kind of you know measure themselves and, and push themselves from yeah uh, i mean so many would those... you go back to that pizza day would you go back to it and embrace it 
Yeah, every really often. Um, part of the reason why I uh, one another thing that came up. No, in reality, would you do it? Like, if you oh, had a choice, would, would you drop yeah, everything I mean, and go back to the minimal, like, um, patient, um, giving open, exposed um, rawness to yourself? Because I, I, that's when I started thinking about this, and then I started thinking, well, why don't I just throw all my stuff out and just be like, you know, you don't really need anything but love and and uh and, and a shelter and food you know so why i care about all this other shit you know like yeah i have thought about that because like uh so one of the things is that i think i actually had a lot of enjoyable days when i didn't have much at all you know yes, um, same it's like man you know some of the best that's, so that, that, yeah that's sort of like flips flip shit on, on 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 its head and i was like man you know you really don't have to actually have that much to feel pretty fulfilled like when i was cleaning someone's house i did a good job and someone said you did a great job, you know, I'm going to really recommend you to your, your employers. I'd be like, man, I feel like top of the world. Mm. Um, but there are a few things that it's like, well, pra for practical reasons, uh, there's a likelihood that at some stage I'm probably going to get ill um, and I won't be able to do that sort of physical work anymore. Um, and I suppose that's part of the reason why I want to hedge for the future, um, you know, doing investments and building my business up and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so that when I'm not able to work, then I've kind of got, you know, some sort of buffer that can help us. Um, there's, a, I suppose there's another part that would just like to pass something on to my, to my, to my kids in the future. Of course. Uh, uh, and yeah, I suppose that's the main reasons why I'm, I'm working as hard as I am now. Um, but also the fact is there's a lot of things that I, I really enjoy doing now. Like for instance, the Nomad product, the, the bag, that has been it, like intense. Like that's been an amazing learning experience. It's not actually that diff different. Um, designing the actual bag wasn't that different from what I, I do for clients anyway, just designing a product, right? But all the steps in between from actually finding, say, a manufacturer that can do the product, finding uh, an indus industrial design company that can uh, uh, create something that will add on to the bag that, you know, to increase its function, um, uh, doing background checks on this and that, and all sorts of crazy crazy things bringing to a, an actual physical product to the market it's like man it, it's been an experience and a half um i can't imagine yeah for it's, those that are listening that don't know what it is um you wouldn't mind explaining to them so yeah right now, sure. I'll, I'll be posting a link and all that stuff so we make sure we plug it but i also want you to you know you know yeah, chat a little bit about what you've been busy with you know with this thing yeah, it's a cool product the, um, oh cheers man the um so i i like to i love to sketch like just on you know, pencil and paper a lot um i was doing it i was helping to run a sketch group for a little while this year and i've, I've been part of another sketch group um a, a few years back and did that fairly regularly and when you go out and sketch say in the park or at the you know at, at the art gallery uh doing master studies um it sounds like a really simple uh, romantic thing to do but when you actually sit down and do it it you encounter all these like specific problems like you know how do i how do I hold up my sketchbook for a long period of time? It, you know, it makes your arm really tired. Um, and, and uh, you know, having to look for your pencils and um, having to find your sketchbook in your bag and turning to the right page. There's a whole bunch of steps, little hurdles that basically amount to a whole bunch of arsehage, um, if, you, if you will. So people don't do it as much as they, as they probably should, especially creatives like us. So my, my, my product is, um, it's called the Nomad. 
and it basically makes sketching much easier um, anywhere anywhere you are. I did a motion study of um, of typically how many moves it takes to get to the point of being able to sketch. If you just got a regular satchel bag, and it was roughly around ten to twelve on average, um, which means you know unzipping your bag, finding your pencil case, unzipping your pencil case, taking out your you know your eraser or pencil, whatever else it is, and then finding a place to sit in that. Uh, there's about 10 to 12 movements. With the Nomad, that's been cut down to two movements. You know, unzip the bag, take out your pencil and sketch immediately because the pad's held in, in place. So there's a massive discrepancy, a massive increase in efficiency being able to do what you need to. It's weatherproof as well. So if the weather turns nasty, you just flip it back open, uh, flip it back closed um, and zip it up and, and you're away. So it's much more efficient, I, I suppose. And um, yeah, it's gotten a lot of a lot of interest uh which i didn't expect i suppose yeah it's good that you that you kept it humble and you're doing a kickstarter i think is that what i saw um yeah i kind of need um financial help on the how dare you <laughs> <laughs> no it's great dude and yeah and i spent it... quite a bit of money on the actual product and already. time too sounds like yeah so. yeah it's probably been a year or so i mean it's not percent on that but just whenever i can find time i'll be working on the, on the design chatting with the manufacturers you know getting new iterations of the product and just testing it and all that sort of stuff so yeah that's so awesome. that's what that's about i guess um, yeah and when is the kickstarter going to take place uh it'll be i'm hoping around february um yeah, I'm hoping around February because I'm still looking. Uh, I'm still getting the tendering process ready to look for a new manufacturer because um, I actually did uh, an independent audit of this manufacturer that I'm currently using to build the prototype, and they just didn't meet certain goals that I set for myself. Mm. Um, like, for instance, they had to build a good product. They've they've done that, but they haven't got quality control checks, so they can't kind of like. Um, can't always have this consistent level of quality. Um, they've got poor working conditions for the for the employees, and they're not exactly up to par with uh, some of the you know the environmental stuff as well. And one of my guiding tenants with the product was I don't want to make the world any shit you know shittier than it already is. Good for you. Because my product, you know. Yes. So I couldn't sleep with myself if I did that. Well, how, how do people do that anyways it's like they're so desperate you know i guess you know yeah, or something I, I, I don't know there's this weird cash grab thing i don't know what's happening it's... The, yeah i don't know because past a certain point i don't think that you can, money becomes quite abstract it's like it, it becomes yes. a point grab you know you need to have a certain amount to survive and which is very something. small dude if you really break it yeah. down like if, if, if you yeah. eliminate like okay like you, you, have you ever done that where you break down exactly how much you yeah. actually need yeah. to their yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet it I bet it's a third of what you think it is yeah well yeah. I mean I did um what was it uh in my first year of freelance I broke it down and I think it was relatively low it was like you know, 12 13 grand a year that's crazy man yeah and that was me perfectly happily eating going to the gym um not doing you know I, I really wasn't going to the movies once or twice uh every couple of months um yeah, and not buying super expensive gizmos that I really probably didn't need anyway. Yeah, distractionary uh, devices, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I found it was like really, it was actually really cheap. Like I got down my, 
my my weekly spending on groceries down to like thirty dollars, and that was getting all the nutrition because I was doing quite you know a lot of heavy weightlifting at that time, and I was still getting everything I needed. Wow, Sheesh. and people were thirty bucks. What the hell, you know? Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't you know I wasn't cooking gourmet food or anything, um, but yeah, it was it was it was feeding my need. So yeah, that's crazy, dude. Fucking thirty bucks, yeah. shit. <laughs> I mean, it's not that much anymore. It's quite a bit more with a family, yeah, obviously. You got, the, but... you got the baby and everything, you know. So yeah, I, I actually everything. remember. Yeah, I actually remember a time that I because I budgeted like exactly what I needed based mm. on you know, past experience of what I ate, and uh, a, a, and one time I actually blew my food budget, um, and I was actually earning pretty good money at the time. But I wanted to have that level of going back to that feeling of. Um, just not having enough because I, I found that kept me really hungry. Um, so I wouldn't let myself take out any more from the bank uh, to spend on food if I'd blown my budget. So with the budget, I blew it, uh, and I think I had like five, six bucks left or something for the week. Mm. And what I did was I bought a, um, a big bag of flour uh, and cooked pancakes for the rest of the week. Oh wow, jeez. Yeah, and uh, I was I was a I was a financial zealot at that stage um it uh, became a game for you it, it became a game yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah it becomes a game when you get that crazy about it yeah yeah it becomes it points and numbers and and, and yeah. stuff you can do that with your health too i've been doing that it's been really weird because i got like a i hope i might get one of those biometric watches um to watch why how i sleep and how much carbs i burn and how much i'm taking in and blah 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 um but it but um, I don't mean to jump in. I just wanted to tell you it was interesting. I was having a similar thing because when I ride, I use this application called Strava, and it like it 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 tells you where you're going. Like it, it documents like the amount of you travel, the average speed, um, different locations, and then also the calories you burn. But what it does is it it also has all these other members and people on there that yeah. you you can see like how you can you pair out in comparison uh, to them and it's, yeah. it's it's really cool because that's that, that level of it's, it's almost like competitive yes competitive. but you don't have to ha they don't have to be there so you can yeah. compete with people all around without them yeah. being there it's really smart actually and it's a yeah. it's a bit of an addicting thing because like you said with your financial thing i remember those days too it wasn't pancakes it was potatoes <laughs> yeah but i would be living on like 30 40 bucks a month be, or a week because i had to i I had a, I was working I was in high school and I couldn't I didn't have a lot of time to work so and how am I gonna eat <laughs> I had to go did work you, at the gas station. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I have, did. Did you go to Did you go to um, anywhere to study what you do, or did you just kind of teach yourself? Or um, I taught myself everything that I can. Um, I did go to college. I put myself through college. I got two degrees. Um, yep. And I don't even know what the degrees are to be completely honest. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it actually um, for my goddad, my dad, um, because I th I think he he felt that I might follow in the footsteps of my mom, which is a bit more of a vagabond and, and not. She's awesome at amazing ideas, but she has a, a problem with finishing things, and, and and I love her to death. But it's just it's one of those things, and I think it was from doing college and, and and from finishing it, that was one of those things. I just felt like you know I wanted to make sure that. I did, you know, for myself and for him as well. So, um, but yeah, it was just one of those things. So, but I did. I, as well, I mean, that must have been, a, you know, a big thing because over in the U.S., you guys have to pay as you go. Is that is that correct? Yeah, it gets pretty expensive. Um, and I, 
actually I've paid off all my student loans last year. Um, oh, I'm bi I'm bi I don't subscribe to this whole nation thing of of having debt. It's bullshit. You know, I just, I don't agree with it. You don't really own anything anyways. You, you know, you die, everybody takes whatever you have. So, you you know, you can't take any of this shit with you when you leave. But while I, while you're here, it's good to be responsible and not just rack up a bunch of debt and be mm. a jerk off and then go to become bankrupt. I just don't agree with that personally. Yeah. So um, that's that was like one of the big things. And um, that was, it was cool. So, but yeah, it does get pretty expensive. Um, yeah. And I try not so to make too many loans. So. Yeah. So over here in Australia, um, we have this thing called Hexus, or I think it's Help now, but basically the government foots the bill, and then uh, you pay back the loan as you as you as you work because, um, and I actually think that the system doesn't work too badly. Um, Sounds cool. Over in, yeah. Over here in Australia, uh, going to university actually used to be free, which blows my mind. I'm like, what the hell? How does that work? Um, but actually, it used to be free to get like tertiary uh, qualifications, but now it's not, obviously. Mm. But um, the, the the student loan, which basically has a very low uh, interest rate, so you're not it's not actually you know, a commercial loan or anything, um, lets people from uh, you know if if you're not strong financially or you don't have a good financial background, you can take this loan out, and then once you start earning above a certain wage, once you leave, that's when they start taking a certain amount back. Uh, every year, which I think is a decent system. It's a smart fucking system. You know, the worst thing you can do to your citizens and the people that run the country, which is the people, is to not give them education, not give them hope, not give them a chance to do something with themselves. Yeah. That's the absolute worst thing you could do to anybody, really, you know? So the best thing you can do is empower your people, empower them, make them smarter, better, more contributor. You know, it helps everything, you know, especially with still in this world, we have, you know, countries and rivalries and wars and all this stuff. It's like, you know, the last thing you want to do to your citizens, which happens a ton in this in the States, unfortunately, even with all the resources, is like there's a lot of people that are uneducated, a lot of yeah. people that aren't putting themselves into bettering themselves, you know, which is totally fucking crazy to me because, you know, this country is, is if you want to do something, you do it here, you know. And yeah. you, you can do it in other places, but in, especially now with the world, the way it's changing. But um, it's, you know, the success rate that you can have in the States is pretty amazing. Yeah. But I'm ranting, sorry, but uh, yeah. Sorry. I mean, going back, to, going back to your previous, like, with, with the question with um, uh, with having a house and, you know, that, that sort of financial obligation, how has it been for you? Uh, it's been really cool, man. Like, I'm, it was weird to be completely honest, you know, like my mom never owned a house. We yeah. never, we always rented like apartments and stuff. And so, and I never had like, you know, the whole nuclear family kind of thing. So, um, it was weird, you know, um, to be completely honest. And, but, um, it's been really cool because of the chance to, um, to give that to my wife and daughter, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I didn't like have it. So you're putting down roots. Yeah, you know? kinda. Yeah, yeah, and just thankfully enough, you know. But I don't. I mean, it, for it, there's there's lots of lots of little things. It added a ton of stress to me because um, I didn't want to go backwards. You know, I'm always wanting to go forward, so I, I never wanted to go and be put back in those situations of yep. you know, you know, 
you know, you can't really eat anything right now because there's no money. That's, I'm, I'm, I've, I've grown accustomed to the particular lifestyle which I've worked hard to, to obtain, and I don't want to go backwards, you know. So yeah, and in order to, in order to safeguard that, um, what do you do things uh, to kind of safeguard it? Um, I mean, for myself with my business, I'm always thinking about where it's going next, and of course. You know, working on you know, uh, pushing clients through pipelines and stuff like that. I mean, do you do a similar sort of thing? Yeah, man. Um, it's always one foot in the now and one foot out the future, you know? Like for me, unfortunately, that leaves you, or at least myself, leaves me very uh, conflicted because I'm not always in the present. And mm. when you're not in the present, you, you leave yourself vulnerable for exposure to expectations and all these other things that can be really unhealthy um at least for me um so but uh yeah you know i think it's been a really interesting journey to be completely honest and, and the the struggles and things that i've had to put through to, to be here but um it's been really i don't know it's been really it's really it's been really interesting and and to, to think about like how to safeguard it i think uh I'm constantly thinking about the next thing, basically. You know, like I said, it's it's healthy and unhealthy. I think so. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, for my, I mean, for myself, it's like, like I, I, I love, you know, being, being able to, you know, come home and, and this is my home and all that sort of stuff. But I suppose I'm a bit, I guess I'm a little bit different because I mean, if things were to completely go to shit, I wouldn't think that i'd be too broken up about you know going back to renting for a little while regrouping and then going again if that if that sort of makes sense i mean for me anyway the the house is just it's a physical thing um and it's not a, it's not a part of me it's, it's not um you know it's not what makes my family happy it's it's that you know that connection that we have the time that we spend together that's what makes us all happy yeah um, it's easy and, to get lost in that <laughs> yeah yeah it's a, um, it's a tricky fucking thing that thing right there it's, it's a big balance because you said that your house doesn't make you happy but it does but it, it does doesn't make ways, but it's yeah. not yeah but i know what you're saying i agree with you i'm just saying that i have a struggle with that because yeah, it's, it's yeah. when it's when the money it's when the money makes you happy then you start to get the stimulus from it and then you start thinking that money makes you happy but it's but then it yeah then it, you lose sight of you know the intentions that you once had and, and yeah you know and that's when it gets confusing and, and a bit of a mix-up and mm -hmm. so it's and it's cool to hear that you deal with a similar thing because that's how that's how it is for me um yeah with the experience that i've had it's like you know that's why i say i have a conflict of interest when i'm in the future but i want to be in the in the now you know yep. what I mean? Like, That's I want to sit there and, and, and enjoy dinner with my wife and daughter. I don't want to be thinking about the job or that dream or that goal or reaching that thing or I have to do this later or blah, blah, blah. I want to enjoy that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think um, I do identify quite strongly with, I think that's quite an Eastern philosophy. It's like enjoying, you know, being in the moment right now because that's all we kind of have right now. Um, but I also do like to think about the future and you know, it might not naturally work out in that way, but. I do like having plans, I suppose, in some in some way. I mean, and they can change definitely, but um, uh, and and sort of switching between present and future. 
I mean, I think there are appropriate times for kind of both. And what you were saying with, you know, when you're sitting down and having dinner with your family, and it is such a tough thing to do, really, to switch off from your everyday thing. But yeah, all it's the like, distractions, you know? Yeah, all the distractions. But yeah, it is so important. Um, and when I sit down with my son, and I'm right there, and I'm, and I, and I'm like feeding him, and I'm watching my wife feed him, and he's making a mess. I'm just sitting there going, wow, I feel like I'm you know, the luckiest person in the world. <laughs> just yeah. it's insane that's yeah. cool and that's cool that you're able to embrace that and enjoy it you know because you know you could just you know there's a lot of people that choose not to do that or choose to take on that responsibility without understanding what that means to do such a thing and then you know then they aren't spending time with their kids and then their kids grow up with complexes and all that mm. kind of stuff and then you know and then you know 20 years down the line there's sniffing coke off a hooker's stomach in las vegas <laughs> you've got such a great way of putting things <laughs> uh, i just i like making light out of horrible situations that's how i deal with like the co comedy of the brutality of the things that we live within you know so <laughs> um, you either have to like, laugh or cry at it, yeah 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 try not yeah. to cry about it i'll probably have to go soon but i wanted yes. to talk about one other thing because It'll be the last thing because I have to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what you were talking about with the being in the uh, in the here and now, we're freelancers, so we often we generally work uh, remote most of the time. Mm. Um, how has working remotely sort of affected that whole, you know, the whole being in the here and, and now for you? Uh, it's been challenging, man. Um, excuse me. Um, it's two thirty in the morning. Oh, jeez, I'm sorry. Okay. No, no, I didn't realize it either. It's, that's that's a sign of a good conversation. I've been drawing this whole time, too. Just my oh, stuff. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I can't do one thing at a time. But um, uh, I think uh, it's been really challenging, to be completely honest. Uh, I've had to read a lot of literature. Um, I had to seek out a lot of advice. I've had to really dive deep into what it means to do these things and, and, and my success rate hasn't been the best to be completely honest mm. um, so I've been dealing with a lot of that um, uh, I forgot and you've been doing, have you been doing it for what the five years that you've been doing no the... no I, f I freelance I've been doing freelance for um, a year and a half I think uh -huh, right two yeah, years yeah. Yep. Um, and then now I'm, I'm corporated now, so I have an S corp here in the States. Um, so that's been a whole another big shift and a move, um, for me personally. Um, mm. so that's been a big thing and that happened about a, I don't know, a year ago, I guess. So, mm. and the things kind of changed and shift up, shifted up a bit, um, because of that. So just because of the severity and the seriousness of it, but I, I guarantee, I promise you and anybody that's listening when I was considering doing this. I'm shitting myself because it's a big it's like when you look at you know like there's that thing i watched today on the comics or whatever it was a comics uh, up close or something and todd mcfarlane perfected the, the, the idea i had perfectly i thought it was funny he said like you know a, a, a nine to five employee will look off the cliff of the edge and go i hope you know is there my balloons are gonna lift me up or something you know there's gonna be a balloons that are gonna catch me right yeah. but the entrepreneur looks over the edge and, and takes uh goes back 10 steps and he's like you know so you can f fucking take a huge jump off that thing you know <laughs> and, and 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 you know that was um when i was doing this 
and I was going through the emotions of doing this and being a freelance and, and, and considering it. It was a whirlwind of emotions. It was a ton yeah. of it was a ton of insecurity, but um, everything and lined up perfectly. It, and you were doing it with a family as well. Yes, yes. Um, you know, the last thing I I quit a I quit my nine to five job. Um, I just wasn't happy, um, yeah. and and I wasn't living to the potential that I wanted. Um, and 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 I knew that I had bigger dreams and aspirations within myself and and I really wish if you're listening and you are happy and content with a nine to five I'm fucking jealous of you because it's it's <laughs> it's not easy doing entrepreneurship stuff yeah. um it's, it's I was gonna say that yeah I, I totally agree with that sometimes I wish I was sometimes I wish I could just put up with just regular stuff you yes know? I can't uh, though <laughs> yeah no I can't either that's yes. why I do I do otherwise I just do the regular yes exactly so we're in the same boat and and, I, and and so if anybody's out there that is do, is like that that's cool if, if you're not like that and you are feeling like you know you're not living your poten- potential trust me it's scary it's hard it's, it's yeah. not easy but it's, totally, it's, it's totally definitely it. It, sorry go ahead sorry go ahead that's right i was just gonna say it, it must be it must have been like infinitely scarier with a family because when i when i started i've been doing this for about four or five years now mm-hmm. but when i first started i i wasn't seeing I, I wasn't seeing anyone i didn't have a child nothing like that i just had rent and you know just a few and, and grocery shopping so the 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 height that i could fall from was very very low uh and it made it significantly easy to tackle challenges i i found but yeah I'm not sure I'd be strong enough that if I had a family, I'd be able to do that. So, you know, massive congratulations to you for doing it. I was just pissed off is all, to be completely honest. I just was upset with myself that I wasn't living up to the potential that I felt I needed to do. And from that frustration came that massive 20 minute, a 20 20 foot jump (laughs) (laughs) off the cliff and then right into uh, a huge balloon or whatever you want to say you know yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. you know that scene you know that scene from um i think it was the the last crusade uh from indiana jones mm. you know how he has to go through all those different like challenges and that sure and then there's that last one where it looks like there's no bridge but it, it, there is it's just a matter of you know perspective yes but that's what it sort of feels like i think to to go into the freelance world when you're not quite sure what's going to happen it's like you have to take this leap of faith yes if and then the ritual yeah. appear if you're ever going to take a, a a bet on anybody or anything in this world you should take a bet on yourself i guarantee mm-hmm. it it's, it's 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 the best bet you can make um yeah. even if you lose um you know like uh you can't you know like it's like there's all these analogies the sport ones like babe ruth you know would hit x amount of balls but only you know x amount was the home run so basically the stats look like shit yeah. you know like he wasn't like these guys aren't actually really that amazing if you really think about it but and the, the gist of the numbers of what it means to do these things it, it, they are you know so you know like if you don't try then you know then you'll never know you know and whatever the other thing, yeah and the other thing that i think a lot of people have in their heads is that if they try and they fail that's it sure it's, it's never it's never final i mean i've tried freelancing two three times before this and failed every single time yeah. um the th- this is like my third or fourth time now and it's worked for for four years that doesn't mean it's going to work forever but 
you know, it, it, the, you, you, your odds of getting out of, of it working get better the more times that you fail because you would have learned so many things along the way. Yep. And, and I think, yeah, just not being af afraid of failure. It's not the end of the world. It might feel shit at the time. Yeah, but... it might feel like the end of the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep, exactly. And you're like I said, if you're gonna take a a a, a, um, a bet on anybody, take it on yourself. You owe it to yourself. Um, you know, like nobody else is gonna do it. You know, you're, if you're an adult, you know, don't expect the world to wipe your ass. If you do, then you're just a degenerate asshole. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Somebody's out there. I want you to wipe my butt. Uh, I'm just, I'm just messing. Now. But no, you know the world doesn't owe you shit. You owe the world everything. You know, go, go give it. Go give back to it. You know, yep. you know, give respect to it, and then from giving it, you'll get all the gift back. You know, so that's my opinion. Yep. That's my take on it, at least. No. But yeah, man, it's been a wicked talk, dude. Yeah, it's been awesome. We oh said it was going to be good. We talked for almost freaking three hours, dude. Three, four hours, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even realize it. I've been drawing the whole time, <laughs> just having fun. I mean, I was supposed to draw tonight anyway, so it was perfect. Yeah. Great uh, conversation and drawing. No, that was, that was, yeah, that was a great conversation. I hope to, you know, meet up with you whenever I come down to the States. And um, yeah, you know, just yeah, keep kicking ass. Thank yeah, you, yeah. man. You as well, and, and best of luck with the Kickstarter thing. I'm excited about that. I'm excited to fund that. I love when my friends are doing these things. I, it just feels like I'm at the swap meet with all my buddies, and we're just like, oh, you're doing that? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you're making yeah. cupcakes? I want to have some cupcakes, yeah. you know? So. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Heart cupcakes. Yeah. No, it's, it's, and I hope it's to see wicked. your thing on you know, Kickstarter one day, and I'll definitely back that as well, because that looks fantastic. Thanks, man. Yeah, appreciate it. And you know, what goes around comes around, so it seems to be working somehow. So, yeah, wicked, dude. Well, um, all right. Have a good, have a good sleep, then. Definitely. You too. Anybody that's listening that wants to get in touch with you, I guess it's probably you have like a Twitter or something. No, just just search me out on Facebook. Okay. Um, that's yeah. Way I, I answer pretty much all my my messages. It takes me a while sometimes, but feel free to hit me up yeah. yeah you're very active on there so um yeah so i just want to make sure that if anybody's listening and also anybody that put up with three hours of us yammering on you know <laughs> you put your hand yeah thanks thanks yeah, so much for listening. you're yeah. sitting there put your hand up your left or right hand up in the air and, and boom there's a high five for you <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 darren's giving you one from the future too so yeah yeah future, <laughs> future no. high five <laughs> yeah Wicked. Well, um, have a good night. Or yeah, I think it's night time for you. Yeah, I gotta go have dinner. Go. Yeah, go in, go in, go eat and spend time with your family, dude. Yeah. All right. Good night, Ash. Awesome, brother. Ciao.